Hi. Hello. Hey. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones in Podcast. I am Dry Archuleta, joined today by Robbie. A. And E. Hello. And today, uh, Robbie is actually presenting the movie that we're doing. Yeah, one that I talked about for a while, but I was kind of iffy on bringing because I don't know how much you guys are going to like the movie, but I absolutely love this movie. I bet it's from the 80s. It is. I knew it. Yeah, it looks like it's from the 80s. It's it's definitely from the 80s. There's two there's two eras Robbie really like fascinates on, and it's the 80s and the early 2000s. Just skips the 90s and has no <laughs> idea what's been happening since 2010. Um it's like are people still planking what do you mean the world ended i i was i looked i, I looked at the cover i did not look at the back very specifically yeah i didn't want to see any of that um the cover looks like the most cheesy 80s movie in the world i'm just gonna say robbie kind of but not really okay okay well uh what's uh what's up with this movie robbie so this is 1986's crossroads which I have to be specific about because whenever I used to tell people all the time that I really love this movie called Crossroads, everyone's like, you mean that Britney Spears movie? It's like, that is no. literally what Liz said and Sam said <laughs> when I told them about this episode. I just think, I'm just like thinking of the songs, just like, Crossroads seem to come and go, which is like... <laughs> is that a song? Yeah, it's a song. I've never heard I don't it. think it's, it's not called Crossroads. The Gypsy runs from coast to coast. Hmm, that's racist now, yeah. I think. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Cool. Unless it's a literal gypsy. What's a literal gypsy? <laughs> like an actual witch. No, oh, Sam. It's about Sam. <laughs> Gypsies aren't witches. I thought they were like fortune teller witches. They're like fortune tellers, but they weren't witches. I guess maybe in my head, just being <laughs> able to see the future makes you a witch. So maybe fair, I'm actually fair. from the Salem witch trial era. <laughs> yeah, I think you are. <laughs> I have been wondering about that weird hat you've been wearing all this That's time. That's true, yeah. yeah. But it's no, um, the name Crossroads actually comes from um old Robert Johnson song called Crossroad. Wait, am I actually is the song actually called Crossroads I was thinking of? I wonder. There have been a lot of like rock bands and blues bands bands that have did covers of that, so maybe. Uh I know I think it's I think whenever Cream did a, a cover of that song, they changed it from Crossroad to Crossroads. It would be really funny if you've been thinking about like the song that this entire movie is based off of this entire time, and you actually know like everything about this movie. That, that song is pure nonsense. If I, oh, yeah. if I, I remember, I mean, most of the songs he listens to are pure nonsense. No, so. like that's like okay. I know I'll joke about this, but like that's like an actual song from like like early '80s, I think, maybe even earlier '70s. Uh-huh, yeah. That I just I was taught that as an early guitar uh, lesson because it's a fairly simple song to learn. Okay. So, more about so, this movie, Robbie. So, yeah, 1986 Crossroads, uh, starring Ralph Macchio, actually, out of all people. Very which, 80s. It sounds like it a is. fake name. Nope, very much a real name. Is Mr. Um, Mr. Karate, Karate Kid. Karate Kid himself. I haven't seen the original Karate Kid. I've only seen the one with Jaden Smith. I'm sorry. What do you mean? He has <laughs> such a stellar performance where he's like, I hate it here. I uh, want to go home. <laughs> you heard, are home. No! I've heard Jackie Chan's real good. He's probably the best part of that, the new Karate Kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I don't know why they made it. Oh, it also has that song that is debatably all right, where it's like 10% skill, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power and skill. Five percent. That's not the lyrics. I'm 100% sure. Uh, 100% reason to remember the lyrics. <laughs> so, yeah, very 80s. It is. Uh, that was more 2000s, what you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, is it the original Karate Kid 80s? 
Yeah. 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 So there we go. I'm going to just assume it's Karate Kid. Okay. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> going in with this, it's just Karate Kid 4. <laughs> sure. Is that the one where he fights Russia? <laughs> I think that's Karate Kid 3. Actually, <laughs> that's Rocky 4. <laughs> well, it's the same movie. I haven't seen Rocky either, so they're. <laughs> so yeah, apparently all of the '80s movies are just like kind of put into a blender and made into one big movie for you guys. Probably yeah. Goonies, throw it in there. I like the part where a uh, Karate Kid goes into a plane while singing the blues, <laughs> and then has to fight a Russian while doing the truffle shuffle. Yeah, yeah, cool. It's my favorite scene. <laughs> Wait, there should just be a movie co- made called 80s, and it is just like all an amalgamation of those 80s movies. Not another 80s movie. Is that a real movie? Uh, no. Oh. But no, all that... of, like the spoof movies are like, not another romance oh. movie, not another... I would just call it 80s and see if people showed up. That'd be good. I'd watch it. I'd watch a, a movie just called 80s. And like, I just like recreate 80s trailers as the for the trailers going up to the movie. That'd be fun as hell. <laughs> All right, Hollywood, if you're listening, uh, I know you're one single amalgamation of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit, hit us up. Mr. Hollywood? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Worldwide? That's no, Hollywood, that's right? Same thing. <laughs> I don't think... Pitbull's probably in some, like, Fast and Furious movie. No, voice acting, actually. Mostly kids' movies. Mm. Yeah. Is he, Weird. He plays usually dogs, I assume. No, he usually plays, like, the gruff one, though. Woof, woof. Stuff like that. Woof, woof, but not the dog? Yeah, but not the dog. Okay. Just what you think of a dog. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. I guess I should probably ask, because this is going to be an interesting answer since you guys think all 80s movies are the same thing. Uh, as far as I know, I'm the only one who's seen this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I've never Since everybody thinks it. this is a Britney Spears movie. I thought it was a Britney Spears movie also, so. Uh, I didn't I, know there was a Britney Spears movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, uh, there's a Britney Spears movie called Crossroads. Oh, so you could have, yeah, that's even more, <laughs> it could have been that movie that you brought then. Yeah. But yeah, th- no, this is 1986 Crossroads. This is actually, um, oh, without saying too much about it, I guess, it, it's kind of a cult classic these days. Um, But I guess I should ask you guys, since you looked at it and said it was like the most basic ass Front of the box ever. That's like, not what I said at all, but okay. <laughs> that's exactly word for word what yeah, you said. That it's is recorded. verbatim. You can play it back, actually. Okay, yeah, hold, hold, right here, Jariah. Editor's <laughs> note. <laughs> the cover looks like the most cheesy 80s movie in the world. But what do you guys think this movie is about? Can I see the, the box? Um. Okay, so Bruno Mars meets the guy from Song of the South. <laughs> And they go on a really reflection thing where Bruno Mars learns to not be racist so that he can impress a girl. That's my guess. Okay. On a beach. Um, <laughs> I'm going to use my knowledge here. Uh, I'm guessing that Mr. Karate Kid, Ralph Macho himself, makes a deal with the devil. And he <laughs> learns to play the blues really well. And then at the end, he dies. Is it at the cost of his soul? Absolutely. It's deal with the devil. That's why it's a crossroad. Yeah. Does the devil smoke the devil's lettuce in the movie? No, but he does have a cigar. Ooh. I bet he has like six cigars. Or one cigar he chomps on a lot. And he's like, why do you always have a cigar? And he's like, well, I'm used to the smoke anyway. I'm I didn't hell. learn how to light it. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is Dry is way closer than he is. Yeah, what do you mean the sad it. thing? In what world would I have possibly guessed it right? <laughs> I thought this was a song first. I mean, it's the name is based off of a song. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to read too much of the back of the box just because it actually does like spoil too much of the actual movie. Oh, okay. Um, it is your week. You're allowed to do whatever. Yeah. You could just make up the back of the box. I mean, I tried looking at it because like uh, on IMDb last night because I had to 
The sad thing about this DVD, because of how old it is... It um, doesn't work. No, it definitely works. <laughs> it's all cute. Uh, it has no special features, so I had to like look up a bunch of stuff last night to try to find like fun facts for this movie. Cool. Um, but I found one on IMDb that I felt was like the perfect synopsis for this of like what the movie is about, and then I tried looking it up and I can't find it. Oh, okay. So, most I can say is... <laughs> you just look at the synopsis. This movie starring Britney Spears. <laughs> God fucking damn it. <laughs> Eugene Martone, a gifted young guitarist, uh, goes into a dangerous and challenging new world, obsessed with unlocking the mysteries of blues. The fledgling musician finds um, cankerous Willie Brown, a master of the blues harmonica, and frees him from prison. Cankerous? Yeah, cankerous. Can you use it? In, what's the country of origin? It, it, it's an American word. <laughs> Can you spell it? <laughs> no. C A N T A N K E R. Cantankerous? Sure. Mm-hmm. You said cankerous. So, anyways, <laughs> I just never heard. Of, I don't think I've heard of cantankerous either, but I yeah. Didn't. But yeah, um, basically, it's a music movie. I've talked about it for a while uh, to try it, saying like I wanted to bring it at some point in time, but I wasn't sure when would be the best time to actually bring said movie. Right or, now. Yeah, yep, apparently in right February, now. the music month. Mm hmm. That's what it's known for. Yep. Uh, let me. I can figure this out. Music is the language of love. It's uh, February. February's Valentine's Day. Bam. Uh, That's all. Music movies have to be in February now. I was gonna say because blues. It, 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 oh yeah, and blues. <laughs> blues in the deep south. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it probably works too. <laughs> Anyways. Uh. So yeah, um, so I don't. It doesn't sound like there's any devils in this. Then, maybe, uh, maybe not. Um, I will say with this movie though. Um, yeah, it got four stars. Technically, <laughs> got three and a half because there's a half in the last one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow! Yeah. What a really raring recommendation to put on your box. Yeah, I mean, they make it five? seem like it's a four star because like four star was like Robert and Eber's highest score for it, but they put oh, a half on it. Go. So that's almost perfect. Wait, yeah, Robert, like the the big film. Roger critic? and Ebert. Yeah, Roger yeah, and Ebert. the big ones. Wow. But it also kind of shows you like where this movie got popular with this DVD because the only special features you get is subtitles in English and Japanese, and that's it. Wait, is this popular in Japan? Apparently. Can we watch the Japanese dub of this movie? Absolutely not. Damn it. <laughs> no, it's not dub. It's only subtitles. Oh. Can we put the Japanese <laughs> subtitles? I mean, we could. Uh. The Japanese subtitles really help me concentrate on the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Drake gets really upset when I actually ask for subtitles in movies. I don't know why, because like I don't hate subtitles. Like just... even like and I feel like, like last week when we watched Dear Evan Hansen, I asked for subtitles because I have trouble hearing lyrics sometimes when they're singing. And I was like, I guess. And I was like, what? Yeah, I don't know. Musicals, it seems weird. I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> when I need them the most. Unless you're looking like... at the pretty pictures, they're dancing. It's like a whole emotional thing. But he also it's, wants to see the lyrics. In Dear Evan Hansen, there's no pretty pictures. It's mostly just people standing around, but still. It's people standing around and crying while there's they're There's one like mm-hmm. bombastic kind of dance number, and it's a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which we didn't even talk about. No. Um. <laughs> anyway. But anyways, yeah. yeah. This movie, weirdly enough, like you guys are going to question why, but it's rated R and is 99 minutes long. They say fuck twice and at one... <laughs> Am I right? Really? They yeah. say fuck twice? <laughs> yep. Really? <laughs> yep. I hope it's both the black guy on the box. We'll get to that. 
Okay, but anyways, I'm gonna yeah. laugh if, a, if he's not even like a major character. Actually, like he's just on the box because they do that sometimes. I've seen so many movie boxes. They do that they sometimes. Do that. It's not this case though. Okay. He's, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, rated R. It's 99 minutes long, so like an hour and 39 minutes. Yeah, a little long. And you can watch it for free on Tubi, or get it in the usual subs. Our suspects: Voodoo, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and Google Play for either 2.99 or 3.99. Um. There is like a free movie section on YouTube where you can watch this for free, and then also you can watch it on Crackle. Do you need ads though? With Tubi and Crackle, yeah. I imagine if it's free to watch, it's gonna be ads anywhere. Yeah. But before we get to watching that movie and everything, uh, I'm gonna ask, uh, Robbie, how are you doing? Tired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know me. Long week, uh, working. Forgot to talk about last week how like part of the reason why is because I did all my taxes last or last week taxes suck ass taxes are kind of can dumb. we say that on yeah. are the government gonna find us for that i think they kind of know everyone fucking hates it <laughs> yeah. like you can't we're we're allowed to say things suck you can say the president sucks it's not illegal here so that's fun yeah it's one of those fun things where we have the freedom of speech so we can say things like taxes suck and the president suck and don't have to worry about being uh jailed because you know we're had the luxury of having that freedom but man does it suck <laughs> Also, fuck China. Yeah. I think we actually have an audience in China. I like you guys. Well, they're gone now. <laughs> yeah, they can't listen yeah. to this Our now. Our podcast is bland now. <laughs> My <geez>. bad. <laughs> Better take that out. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, remove the country we said. Yeah, and fuck. Then, like, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, people will just assume Like, oh, we have fans there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh yeah yeah uh we uh, me and Liz did our taxes too. Uh me uh I actually worked so much overtime that it put me into a separate tax bracket. So That's funny. Yay! So it's one of those weird things that I got less on my federal back, but I got more on my uh state, state? back yeah. because yeah. I worked more. But um, this is something I was gonna. Be- I, I keep on talking about how yeah I was gonna I was gonna say I keep on talking about how much I worked whenever I was in Salt Lake City, but looking at my taxes this year, it's actually I'm like on par with like the most I've ever made in a year because of how much overtime that I work. So <laughs> I don't, I don't even know why Robbie, I don't even know why. Cause he made I, I, more, I, he made that much money. I guess it's just why, why do that to you yourself? Gotta, do gotta make a fucking living. <laughs> no, you don't. You just gotta survive. You gotta make a surviving. I'm just surviving, and uh, it's not fun. No, well, hey, it's not. he's happy. He has a smile on his face. <laughs> he's crying. He's, yeah, but barely. <laughs> <laughs> Less than the average person. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I just try to live comfortably whenever I'm not killing myself at work. I guess. Makes it hard to watch movies, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it makes it good for, like, listening to podcasts and stuff like that, which I found some weird things on YouTube this week. You should just walk to Robbie's work and just set up a projector. And watch Walk? there. I have a car. I can just drive Fine, there. you can drive there, Mr. Fancy Pants, <laughs> but <laughs> you should just go to Robbie's work, set up a projector, and watch movies with him there. Just What's that old movie where he holds up the radio? I don't even know the name of that one. Uh, the one with Hot Man It's, it's not terribly important. Yeah. It's a guy who's not popular anymore. Another 80s movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very 80s. Uh, but, okay, yeah, lots of work. Very tired. Yeah. Uh, getting through, though. More or less the same. Nice. E. Hi. How's things going for you? I'm doing a lot better. Uh, I got I got an elliptical, which means Ooh. I'm going to watch Ooh. a lot more stuff, Ooh. which is a statement that probably won't make much sense to people. Well, if they've been listening for a while, <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, if people who've been around since the very beginning, they'll get that joke. It's, it's not, not a even joke. a joke, though. That's, that's just true. That's like, just his yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, like, I, I started a new series. I started watching because I'm on an elliptical now. Yeah. I started a bunch of new series. 
I started one. I didn't finish uh, <laughs> Primal like I said on our live show. Oh, just not. I, I, no, I don't. I forgot to ask you guys for the password. To oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, oh. I don't have that on my computer. Uh, speaking of that, actually, what's um, your password, by the way? Why don't you just let? <laughs> no, not that. while we're here. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was gonna say because uh, I really like the anime One Punch Man. Yeah, that's and. A good one. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it last week or not, but like You're I post credits, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I pestered my mom for her Hulu password so I can watch season two of One Punch Man. Post credits Saturday nights, ten. Actually, no, midnight <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. But basically, counts on how long that we record when we start doing this. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's that time though. Yeah. But yeah, I'll finally talk about watching half a season of something every week. <laughs> nice. I'm excited. <laughs> And he'll probably be like, yeah, it's like a show that Dry wouldn't like, but I watched it. I mean, that's yeah, it's pretty fair to assume. <laughs> that's kind of how I yeah. talk a lot about stuff I watch now. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I say I think Dry will watch it, and then he watches one of the things. I'm like, I don't think Dry would like it. I, it's like I, a 50-50 with me. I found something on, that on Apple Plus that I genuinely love. Um, Is it the thing I was like, I really want to see it? No, oh. I, I forgot what that even was actually. Uh, Wolf, Tragedy Macbeth, Wolfwalkers, and Secret of Kells. Both I said I wanted. Oh to watch. no, okay. not those at all. Uh, <laughs> to nobody's surprise, is a murder mystery show. Wow. I'll be talking about that on post credits a lot because I f- fucking love this show. Clue okay. to the Revenge of the Pipe. It's so close to Clue. Oh my god, it's so close to Clue. It's so good. Uh anyway, yeah, that's all that's been going on. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Got Game Pass again. Been fucking around with that. Yeah, yeah. That's we got fun. here and Jariah was gaming. Oh, I was. Uh, too, for zone. too long after actually, yeah, I, I messed up our schedule. Probably, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, cool. So we're gonna watch Crossroads then. Yes, yes. I figured uh, it'd be easy enough movie to talk about because it is somewhat cheesy '80s movie, but because it has to do with music, I absolutely love it. All right, and like I have no idea if you guys are even gonna like this movie, but I hope you do. But we'll I see bet what I happens. I think it'll be all right. Yeah, it, it <laughs> might then... be another one of those. Dry hates it. He thinks it's okay, and I get mad and start yelling at Dry and. Eve, respectively, because E just happens to be in the crossfire. <laughs> I, I can't wait for five months down the line where Robbie <laughs> says, I hate this movie with all my passion. <laughs> e hated Crossroads so goddamn much. <laughs> you hear him, he was like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard the most negative review in my life. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I almost want to say this movie kind of falls under the, the guise of, like, I love it, but I would understand why other people don't. But interesting. I've I don't I don't think I've ever like thought of an eighties movie that way. Like I don't think I've ever thought of an eighties movie being like deep enough to love for like <laughs> genuine reasons. Like I love a bunch of eighties movies. Like I love Goonies and like Gremlins and stuff, but it's not like I have a deep emotional attachment to like if, this deep If you story. were like held at gunpoint and told to like rem- take one bag of movies out of existence labeled by the years, you eighties might be in there. Yeah, yeah, probably actually. Well, nineties well, too. Seventies. I would say... Wasn't Clerks in the 90s? It was in the 90s. So, you know, you would lose Clerks. The 90s were bad. Yeah, Yeah, but there was a lot of bad There was a lot of bad movies. Uh, I think that's whenever independent uh, productions started, like, becoming more of a thing. It absolutely is. Yeah, and I was going to say, like... Because I remember watching a lot of independent horror movies from the 90s, and they were just just bad. We could get rid of Blair Witch Project, so that would feel pretty good. Huh? Like Ants Bad or whatever? Worse. Ants? No, it's not. A-N-T-Z? No, that's not a horror movie purposely. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Scares me. There is a horror movie, It or something? No, not It. Uh, that was them. Them? them. With, they? like, giant ants. That, that, 
that I don't that was like sixties, fifties, fifties or sixties. Yeah, I'm just saying bad horror movies. <laughs> we yeah. could probably get rid of the sixties. Actually, I don't think there's anything from the sixties that I love. Isn't like Psycho? One of the... mm, that's true. That'd be it's like a James Bond from the sixties in there. Like a bunch of James Bond in the sixties and seventies yeah, and eighties. Uh, I was gonna say that was Sean Connery. James Bond was the sixties. Isn't mm-hmm. he regarded as one of the best James Bonds? Mm-hmm. He's regarded as the best James Bond. There we go. You lose Sean Connery. Maybe Just from fine. existence. We kind of did anyway. It's fine. Anyways, let's a lot of weird choices. That's a whole other conversation. That's, that's a different yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tune in for which decade needs to ex- evaporate from existence, the podcast. That's, that sounds like an end of the year discussion to me. <laughs> <laughs> that weird. Like, we like, instead of doing by genres, we do it by decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. I think it would be stacked by the end. It would be like Absolutely. a bunch of 2000s mm-hmm. because of me, but. Anyway, let's get to watching Crossroads. All right. Starring Britney Spears. No! We'll be right back. God damn it! And welcome back. We are back from watching 1986 Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw. Which, not totally off subject, I guess, with Yeehaw? <laughs> no. no. A little bit. <laughs> not entirely, though. Yeah. But just a little bit. It's a little yeah. bit of Texan in this. Also, we did look it up. the The crossroads I was thinking of was Melissa. It was not Crossroads. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not Robert Johnson's Crossroads mm-hmm. from nineteen thirty six. I think no, but Melissa was nineteen seventy six. So it isn't too far off of for me to think that could have inspired this movie. Sure, forty years is not a huge jump. <laughs> no, also, I'm saying this movie. Oh, like, <laughs> right, right, right. Also, for it starring Britney Spears, I didn't see her anywhere in this. <laughs> God damn it! No, she was the lead actress. Oh, was she, she playing a... Ralph Macchio? Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. She's just in the background of all the shots, just waving at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where's Waldo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's Brittany? I remember that book. <laughs> yeah, they made it to a movie and it became this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb joke, but we were going for it. Yep. You, know? <laughs> you miss every shot you don't shoot. T- basically the saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. Yeah, basically got it. Uh, but yeah, anyways. 1986, Crossroads. Uh, I guess general thoughts. What do you guys think of it? I guess I'll I'll start with E. Uh, I actually kind of love a lot about this movie. <laughs> it's like genuinely really funny. It like it trying to be. I know yeah. with eighties movies, sometimes it just happens to be funny. Yeah, this seemed like they really meant for it to be funny. They meant for it to be funny in like that kind of dry, sarcastic, assholeish way. Yeah, like. I I did not give this movie enough credit for it being rated R because it definitely went places that I don't think it would have went if it was PG. Not like raunch or anything. Just like it was just like, hey, little white boy. <laughs> yeah, there is. Like, it um, was like dealing with racism. Actually, yeah. If um this movie because it doesn't like really give a reason why it's rated R. It just says rated R mm-hmm. everywhere. The closest I could see was like you know common sense media and a lot of those Christian propaganda places are like talking about like how it, this has, like, sexual references and stuff like that. But, like, the closest I got to an actual rating would be, like, rated R for language and adult situations. There's definitely some language in this. They, yeah. They curse a lot. There are, there's language and many adult situations, I would say. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, I feel like if this was re-rated today, they probably could just get under the bar of making it PG-13 if they took, like, one F word out of the movie. Maybe. I, I don't think so. Really? Because he says pussy a lot. Yeah. I mean, man. they say pussy in other... PG-13 rated movies, don't they? You, you don't can't a... say it in reference to the actual uh, 
Well, yeah, I guess yeah, you can't say it in a sexual way, and he says that a lot. Yeah, because I guess it, that is the difference is like, you know, somebody doesn't want to jump from one house to the other and a bunch of frat boys calling him a pussy is different than saying, well, I come from, if you don't blow no hop, you ain't get no pussy. Right. You can, you can be Iron Man calling a kid a pussy, but you can't say the kid doesn't get any pussy. Yeah. It's a, Very different, apparently. It's extremely different. Very different, especially when you're thinking, dealing with MPAA. <laughs> like yeah. they have some yeah. really weird rules about stuff like that. Absolutely, the mildly pissed adults association. But <laughs> <laughs> you're not. That's actually a good way to put it. It's a better descriptor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I genuinely, this movie is actually kind of great. I definitely okay. see why. Like, there's a little cult following around it. I think it's a little too long. It meanders a lot in the middle. But, like, I I guess meanders in the sense of, like, sometimes I feel like it doesn't matter what they did in the story. They just did. Oh, yeah. By the time it got to the the end, I was 100% on board of, like, it oh, could yeah. have just gone right here, and I would have been very happy. I think I think there's, like, you could cut, like, 10 to 30 minutes somewhere in that time range around the middle. Yeah. I think it has a bit of the issues of just 80s writings I notice a lot where they forget to actually give characters a reason that they're angry. They just yeah. kind of get angry. There's one thing it does in the second act that I'm, I'm actually, I'm after watching it, I'm happier with because it didn't do the third act misunderstanding kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. It just let it happen. So I was actually pretty happy about that part. But we'll talk about yeah. that when we get there, I guess. Um, yeah, I think it's fun. Um, the I'm gonna call him the main character because I think he's way more of a main character than you would expect. Um, Willie Brown is an amazing character. He's so funny and witty and like. He actually has a pretty like interesting backstory to him, like where why he did what he did. Yeah, and like again, some of it's surprising me because it's an '80s movie, but like it actually kind of really messed around with tropes of that era. I would say, like, like the prophecy, prodigy kid, the prophecy stuff, like the old. I forget what the exact trope name is, but it's like old wise black man. Is the name? Oh of, yeah. Of basically, the trope. Like they, they did a lot of funny twists on that. Um, yeah, this was just like a ride for sure, and genuinely, this was just kind of really fun in a way not a lot of movies end up being. And fun road trip movie. If you told me this movie was like, like obviously barring the actual technical aspects of it, if you told me this movie was made like two thousands or like twenty tens. I might believe you. Like, it feels like it doesn't date itself very much other than, like, literal stuff like, oh, yeah, this costs $10 to drive <laughs> halfway across the country. Or paying a dollar for a shot of whiskey. Or yeah. The fact that, like, the one brand new car that you see is a 1986 <laughs> Trans Am. Yeah. No, I was like, <laughs> what, the radio? I'll, I'll disagree with the it could have been made in 2010s part because I just feel like the entire movie feels like an 80s movie i'm mean, not saying that in a bad way no but like it has I, that feel i mean like if if like you told me this was like a kind of uh poking at people's nostalgia more than like i'm not saying like if you made this movie take place nowadays it would work i think like especially at 2010s i'd say was around 80s nostalgia we're kind of still in 80s say nostalgia. still in there yeah but like the start of it like that's what i more i mean like it felt like a movie made with a more modern writing style, usually. Again, like, you could tell it's 80s sometimes yeah. when it uses writing, but, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just a weird way of me saying, like, it doesn't really feel dated 
in a lot of ways. Like okay. it, it's it feels like it holds up funnily. Um yeah, like uh the karate kid, he's like a alright character. I think he gets a little fun like a little interesting stuff about him, but like I really like Willie Willie Brown. <laughs> I really like Willie Brown. I will why will we will No, Willie Brown like easily like steals the show and is such a fun character to follow. Yeah, I agree with that actually. Um Which I guess on that note, what did Dry think of this movie? Non spoilery. Yeah, I also think it was actually pretty fun for the most part. What what I say by like and I think maybe this just goes to the show of like you've probably not seen a lot of eighty movies still at this point. I've seen Goonies, Ghostbusters. Right. So eighties <laughs> <laughs> uh, movies just have a very strange feel about them. Um things just kind of feel I don't want to say floaty, but they feel like fantastical, but look grim is how I would describe like most 80s movies. Like they're going for something more. And I think like Hollywood in general gets to that point in the 90s and early 2000s. And that's kind of stuff starts exploding. Like it looks as shiny as it wants you to believe it is. Whereas in the 80s, like they're telling you it's all amazing and shiny. And it's like, no, I here's New York. This is pretty gross. (laughs) Nope. This is definitely on a stage somewhere. Yeah. Like (laughs) 80s movies just like. Even cinematography wise, just have a very different feel to the yeah. whole thing, and this felt like an eighties ass eighties movie in that way, in like the cinematography style, um, and in a lot in the writing style. I'm I'm fond of a lot of eighties movies. Uh, I would say, well, maybe not a lot, but I'm fond of many eighties movies. None that I would like say are close to my heart again, but um, probably most is the Gremlins. Gremlins is amazing. Gremlins is absolutely fantastic. Um. I, I did like this movie. I think it was incredibly fun. I I don't think it was too long, but it did have a lot of fluff that, honestly, you don't really need in there. But it is fun. It is a fun, fun movie. really shows how me and Dry differ in how we... I'm like, oh, yeah, fluff, take it out. Don't replace it with anything. Just, just take it out of there, and we're good. Um, I think, like, especially in movies like these, the fluff is kind of important because it helps build a lot of characters. Like, you get a, really, a lot of really fun willy moments in a lot of that fluff mm. and stuff. Uh yeah no I just I honestly did enjoy this movie for the most part okay yeah I mean I'll I'll take it it's better praise than I thought I was gonna get from you too <laughs> I, I, think, um, I think it's just like a better version of the um the Robin Williams movie you showed up August Rush there we go I feel like those are two different movies but sure <laughs> I feel like I, I did kind of compare both of them because I've because like I've said before uh I've played guitar since I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of have a soft spot for musical movies like this, and this is definitely one of those movies I have a soft spot for. Me uh, and Robbie were gushing about like how they were playing guitar at yeah. multiple points. And yeah, there's a lot of um, actual like histor- like historically accurate stuff that does happen in this movie when it comes to like music and guitar playing and Delta blues and you know down down south like slide guitar and all this stuff. Like like there's a lot of things they got right. There's also a lot of things they got wrong. Uh, some of it I just knew offhand because kind of a nerd like that and then other stuff i found out last night when i was doing research about this movie <laughs> you just look up uh fa- the movie made a mistake there is no willie brown what the heck <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing about that i guess like first fun fact i should say about this movie is um the man who wrote this movie actually wrote it while he was in college uh john fusco i think is how you say his name no idea never heard of him i didn't um, see it f-u-s-c-o this is how you this is his last name probably yeah, so sure. john fusco anyways uh this is the first uh screenplay that he ever wrote and he wrote it while he was in college as his bachelor's thesis and he is did it a music because major 
no, it was like a creative writing major, I guess. <laughs> I don't, I don't oh, know why you that assumed was my, it was yeah, music. I, don't, like, <laughs> I, I will oh, say, yeah, though. For my, um, for my thesis. <laughs> I'm not, what you, what'd you do? You write symphony? No, I made a whole movie. It's actually something completely unrelated to this. You guys are going to dig it. <laughs> well, it's actually one of those funny things is because before he went to college, because he was 24 when he wrote this movie. Okay. Uh, before he went to college, he was actually a traveling blues musician and uh, was, you know, doing his thing. And then a doctor basically told him, like, and I guess take some for a grain of salt, because like I said, I re- uh, read a lot of this last night. Uh, in 1981, a doctor basically told him that, like, yeah, uh, your voice is kind of messed up right now. So if you keep singing, you're eventually just going to lose your voice. So he had to quit his musicianship and then, you know, basically take a different major. And while he was in college, his girlfriend, who later became his wife, was a nur- or nurse at this nursing home. And she was telling him about this old blues man who played harmonica. Hmm. And... Uh, he wanted to go meet him, so his girlfriend took him to go meet him, and they're kind of playing a little fun game of what if, and like saying like, "Hey, what if this guy's like an old blues legend? Like no one, just nobody knows." And that's how I got the idea of this movie was going to meet this guy at this nursing home. And so Willie Brown actually is a person, and in the actual Crossroads song that was sung by Robert Johnson, which he was on a Robert Johnson kick at the time, uh, in the song he does call out for his friend Willie Brown while he's at the crossroads, because Willie Brown was an actual blues man. The main difference between this movie and the real-life Willie Brown is that Willie Brown was actually a guitar player. He wasn't a mm-hmm. harmonica player, but mm. the old man that he met at the nursing home was a harmonica player. So for the, the old man he met at the nursing home wasn't a huge blues legend. No, apparently not. Oh. but like in his head, like on the <laughs> yeah. way over there, like basically the um, the idea of this movie played out, and he wrote it as a, uh, a thesis for his bachelor's. Um, took it to I think it was Fisco or Falco or something like that, and the. Really I don't know. You're the one that did the research. The I am fan. the one who did the research. I just did it poorly. You didn't do research on this movie you just learned the name of today? Yeah. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, while while Robbie is uh double checking all of that, yeah. I do have want to ask a thing oh, that well. maybe will I don't know, maybe ruin some of the movie for me. Probably not though. <laughs> um is, does Mr. Karate Kid actually play the guitar in this? Uh, some of it, yes. That was actually another fun fact I was going to go to is he didn't know how to play before he did this movie, but um, some of the actual advisors that like did play guitar and stuff like that, a lot of the guitar playing was done by Steve Vai and um, Ry Coder, which Ry Coder is just a blues guitarist. Uh, <laughs> and he learned off of them. Like They actually went to his house for months and taught him how to play guitar because Ralph Macchio actually wanted to play the guitar for this movie. And they just basically said, like, yeah, you learned a couple hours a day for, like, the past four months. You're not ready to play this part. <laughs> no one wants to hear it. You can't learn guitar in a couple of months. That's just not yeah. feasible. I mean, here's the thing. You can. Not at the level that this movie's at, though. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, sure, if you want to play Country Roads, you can do that yeah. in a couple months. But, like, you're not going to be playing any Jimi Hendrix. Right. Which is my way to announce I'm doing a world record Guinness right now. <laughs> in four months, I will... No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the thing that it, uh, he turned into the screenplay won first place at National Focus, which is films of college and university students. <laughs> so kind of the same thing as like um, George Lucas when he brought his uh, THX one one three eight. That started out as like a short film for stuff like Focus, and this was just a screenplay that he wrote for that. And he won first place off of it, and they actually liked it so much that Columbia Pictures bought it from him for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> wow, in the eighties, yeah, nice. in the eighties. <laughs> And just so for the script, so like just for the script, yeah. Wow, that's pretty nice. That's How much easy. input afterwards did he have? Was he still involved with it? He was still involved with it. Um, because another thing that I thought was like really strange that I learned last night was um, while they're like looking for people to play the characters and everything for the main, uh, the person who played Eugene for this movie, 
Um, the Karate Kid, because well, I don't think we said his name yet. Yeah, Ralph Macchio was his name, but yeah, okay, Eugene yeah. or Eugene Mar- or Martone was his name for the movie, or the name of the character in the movie, but played by Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid. <laughs> um, which part of the reason why he became, uh, you know. Eugene for this movie was because of the Karate Kid, actually, because uh, 1984 was when the first Karate Kid movie came out, and he's riding off of the fame of that, and uh, just got done. I think he was actually filming Karate Kid 2 around that time, because this movie and Karate Kid 2 came out in the same year. Oh. Yeah. So he either did it, like, right before or right after or something. During, was, I hope. It, maybe. maybe <laughs> he just he might have went back and forth. And put on, like, a nice little plaid jacket. <laughs> if memory serves, he doesn't really wear a gi in Karate Kid 2. Karate Kid 2 actually kind of sucks what I remember. I don't know anything about Karate Kid. I just assume it's kind of like the video game karate for the NES. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. Um, there are keys, though, in both. Ooh. He actually wasn't even the first or the second choice for this movie. Um, because there were other A-listed actors who were interested in playing Eugene for this movie, which included the likes of Sean Penn and Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise? What? Yep. That's been terrible. Or Sean Penn. Sean Penn is also another weird choice if you ask me. I don't re- I'm not like remembering Sean Penn. I don't think we've really watched anything with Sean Penn in them, actually. Not really. Yeah. But I like I recognize the name, but That's I Is he like old like was he in late twenties? Yeah, he was probably like in his early twenties during this time. Same with uh Same with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is like in his mid fifties now. Yeah, I guess I don't know how old Karate Kid. Well, he looks 17, so yeah. I just assumed he was 17. He's probably around his 20s or something like that. Probably. Yeah. He's one of those guys, like, even in his 50s, he looks pretty young. Yeah, like, he's in the Cobra Kai show now, and he still looks like he could be in his, like, 40s. Right. So. Oh, I d- it didn't even, like, occur to me that he would have came back for Cobra Kai. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. did. Wow. He plays the villain. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah there's... Uh, The guy who was the villain in the first Karate Kid, he's, like, the main character in this, and then he's just... I don't even know if he's so much a villain. I've only seen, like, the first episode of Cobra Kai, but it's not so much, like, he's a villain as much as, like, the main character in Cobra Kai is just bitter over what happened all that time ago. Yeah. It's like, oh, you became successful because of this and I got nothing. And I think just like, like and I'm just basically trying to live like my life, co- dude. Uh, Ralph Macho is basically a cocky asshole. Yeah. Is yeah. this whole thing. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll talk more about that when we eventually watch Karate Kid we'll if we get, get there. Yeah, there. we'll definitely get there. Uh, but yeah, because uh, Karate Kid was actually such a big thing around the time, uh, Ralph Macho was basically the first choice for this. And apparently... He turned down playing Back to the Future to play this movie. That would have been a weird. Yeah. So there's a lot of weird choices that happened during this time that kind of changed history in a weird way. I haven't... Uh Uh-huh. Changed history. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Again, I haven't... uh, Wow, big surprise. I also haven't seen Back to the Future, but like from what I know of it, that feels like it would have been a weird acting. He would have been a strange choice for what that character is. Marty McFly, right? For what Marty McFly is, yeah. Unless he was going to be Doc. <laughs> Ralph Macchio just like doesn't put off that like childish like curiosity kind of energy. He puts off like a I'll kick your ass. Yeah, energy. He, he, he kind of puts off a, a cocky. Uh, well, he plays a cocky kid from Long Island in this, and like I think he does a good job playing a cocky kid from Long Island. Yeah, I think yeah. he also plays a cocky kid from Long Island in Karate Kid, if memory serves. Yeah, shows, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely say he he nails this role. I I know I was like boosting up the actor who played Willie Brown more, but like. He is a very good, like, kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, one of those people you meet, like, they're, oh, he was, like, the person who was, like, oh, you have a guitar at the party? You know, I could, I could play, you know? Yeah. Just <laughs> and everyone's, like, no, it's fine. We got, we got music. Ah, uh, you guys like, uh, Old Town Roads? Uh. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was one of those things, like, he basically tried to become, like, a world-class guitarist. 
in a couple of months for this yeah. movie, and it just wasn't happening. There are some scenes in the movie he is legitimately playing guitar, though, but it's not like a lot of the later on stuff that you see. Like, if you see... Not like the, the Act 3 yeah, stuff. Yeah, not ex- basically not. Uh, most of that stuff is Ry Coder, which is basically a guy who is very famous for being a blues player in yeah. the 70s. But, yeah, um, there's that. Like I said, this movie won the Focus Award, like I said. Got paid a bunch of money from Columbia to make this movie and then was actually still part of the process with that. He said that, you know, Ralph Macchio wasn't his first choice, but, you know, it's one of those they needed. They wanted a big star to try to attract this movie a little bit more. And he says, if anything, it actually might have hurt the movie a bit because, you know, this is also a movie about an old guy teaching his masteries to a younger pupil at the time. So it kind of feels like, you know, oh, this is Karate Kid, but with blues music. And he didn't want that for the movie, but it's kind of what it became. I'm going to say, like... I guess if you're just looking in from an outsider perspective, yeah, it would and look that's like the that, thing is like, like I think I've even described this movie to people as that. I would like like what I was saying how they kind of poke at tropes. Like Willie doesn't actually teach him. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> any, I think the most yeah he doesn't te- actually teach him how to play anything. He just kind of keeps telling him he doesn't have the culture down. Yeah, which is a very fair point for someone who is some college kid, yeah. a, a Juilliard. <laughs> prodigy that yeah which i guess another funny thing i guess is a goof of this is that when this movie was made juilliard did not have a guitar program yet (laughs) (laughs) and then a bunch of applications came pouring (laughs) in for guitar they're like what are you guys talking about (laughs) i mean the thing is is like juilliard is known for being classical music and art kind of thing but like that was because it's classical music and art is mostly you know like piano and violin and uh, windwood instruments and stuff like that um, I, I think it was a couple years after this movie was made that they actually did sit, or that they did eventually have a guitar playing program to play classical music. But I think they actually got that weirdly accurate because that is one thing that a lot of people will say is like, if you want to learn to play like very precise, very disciplined music, learn, uh, you go to school to play classical music. If you want to learn how to improvise and you want to learn how to, you know, go off of someone else's energy, you learn jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, I think that's actually something that's really nice about what, this movie does is that like Willie very purposely doesn't teach him any music. He mm-hmm. mocks him and tells him like, go try it, go do it. Then. Yeah. Like, cause, cause like that's what he wants him to do. He wants him to learn for himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. Uh, if you have like a really good guitar teacher, that's one of the fun things about having a good guitar teacher where they're like, they're not like, okay, play this chord, play this chord. They're like, here's the song. Try it. Like, <laughs> have fun with it. Who cares if you mess up? Cause like, that's that's a big lesson I think a lot of people who try to learn instruments don't learn is like mess up. It's good yeah. to mess up. Can you recover? That's the better question. Yeah. 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 Like uh it's something <laughs> I had to get over with a lot of stage fright I have, even with like ten people. But like <laughs> it's if you mess up, no one knows. Yeah. It, yeah. it took there's me very, a very few people who understand guitar as well as you if you're gonna play guitar for them <laughs> i mean also that and if you even as someone who does understand uh music but they're you know a jazz musician uh if you screw up that's just a spicy chord to them yeah <laughs> that's all yeah like hit a sour note no that's a new that's a new invention Not some spice to it man yeah <laughs> but no it took me forever to get that too i, I get the same bubbles in my stomach whenever i had to play live in front of people and it took me actually playing in front of people to realize like yeah none of them even noticed that i messed up i just gotta yeah. keep playing it's even it's bonus points if they don't even know what song you're playing anyways yeah. it's not they don't know what it sounded like correct yeah actually yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah but yeah that is like Will, willie doesn't directly teach anything but he teaches him how to improvise more is the bigger lesson yeah i think that's the more important thing that willie teaches even 
if he's just fucking around with the kid mostly. Usually. Yeah, yeah. Usually he is. But yeah, t- uh, like be on your feet. Like be able to switch up what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. We only got forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I guess actually speaking of that since we're getting into. I guess now getting to like a little bit more of like the storyline and spoilers for what's going on in the actual movie. Sure, yeah, that, that's yeah. general stuff. Yeah, because that's the general stuff. Like the movie does very much start off with you know, Robert Johnson standing at the crossroads and then going and recording a song, which I guess another little weird fun fact that I learned is everyone said that uh, Robert Johnson actually played a lot slower than that and he actually talked in a lot lower of a tempo. So um, for his actual playing, whenever they're recording his music, they just slow down the actual record. So what you're hearing is faster uh, than what he actually plays. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's also why he sings as high of a pitch as he sings. He sings more in a tenor than he does in, uh, as a bass singer. But I guess in real life, he actually sang more bass-wise. But because the songs were so long, you can only record so much on a record, they just slow down the record. Huh. I was wondering what they were doing at the start. They're just like... <laughs> so, yeah, in the 1920s and 1930s, that's just how they made music. You'd play it live, and it would be like etched into the record at, or into the master record yeah. as you were playing it and so mm-hmm. like what you heard in a lot of those old records that was like the first take that they had because it was the only oh, take yeah, they that's had why there's a lot of imperfection in a lot of older it's like yeah. a funny fact um well it's also why you hear people screaming so much with that too is like a lot of the old microphone technologies you had to be loud mm-hmm. while doing a lot of that too yeah. i don't remember which song it was but there is a beatles record where if you listen, you can hear, I think it's Paul McCartney say fuck after he hit a wrong note. <laughs> like, it's quiet, so you don't you don't hear it much, but you can just hear, like, fuck. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, there's that. Uh, there's another one where something like that happened, too. Um, I can't think of the name of the song, either. It wasn't the Beatles. It was some other band. But I guess the FBI actually thought that, um, like, the FBI investigated because they thought that it was like, oh, it's this new rock music from the 50s oh, kind of thing. And so, like. There uh, and they were saying like a lot of gibberish and nonsense in there, and so they thought that they were hiding stuff in the actual music, and it was like listening for something that wasn't there, but completely missed the fact that like one of the drummers dropped his drumstick in the middle of playing the song and went <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That's great. Good. Yeah. That's actually great. Bring but, back that that music. Come on, get rid of the radio they, perfection. They have it, man. It's called SoundCloud. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. Bandcamp. It's there. Yeah, but um. Yeah, yeah. It, it starts off with that, and then uh, after you know, while they're making the record and everything, you go are cut to Eugene, and he's reading all these stories about him and looking up all this information in the way that you have to do in the eighties. You know, looking up newspapers and old articles, and <laughs> being at a library and stuff. The giant magnifying glass. Yeah, those. Um, I can't remember what those are called. The little news script things that you, yeah. yeah. The thing that you've seen in any horror movie from two thousand to two thousand seven. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> Which I'm, yeah, I'm blanking on the name of that thing now, but yeah, he's basically like looking up all these articles about Robert Johnson and like ends up finding out about um about Will or because you know in that song he calls out for his friend Willie Brown, so he starts looking up Willie Brown and ends up finding out that an old man named Willie Brown who shot a man in Harlem uh, was in prison and then was eventually sent to like you know minimum security nursing home kind of thing to like serve out the rest of his sentence. Which so it's it's basically. It is a nursing home. They just have a fence over the window so no one can yeah. escape. Because it's just one of those like <laughs> and a he, security guard. Yeah, and just a one. security guard because like these are men that like you know they did a crime, but they're in their seventies and eighties. What are they gonna do? Right. Little do they know they're all packing heat. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pack heat. Um, yeah. I mean they're still in Harlem. <laughs> in the eighties in New York. Yeah. <laughs> I also like that apparently 
<laughs> Eugene's plan was just to go there. He was just like, go there, like, to hey, him. I'm going like, to talk to this guy. guy. Like, and like the nurse is like, yeah, that's not going to happen. He's like, well, if you give me a few minutes, no, no, go. Yeah. Go like, <laughs> and then he's like, okay, but actually I need a job. And they're like, no, there's suspicious about that. All right, you're hired. <laughs> yep. And just hire him as a part-time custodian. Cause in the eight, like, like we joked, like in the eighties, you can just like walk him back. Hey, I need a job. Like, cool. Like start, sweep, yeah, or start they... sweeping mopping for us then. He isn't even like, good at it. <laughs> no, he's not. But like, <laughs> I was going to say, like, whenever I was 15, that's actually how I got my first job, is I walked in and like, hey, can I get a job application? And like, listen, I can't really do an interview right now. Uh, we're really busy today, uh, and we're kind of short-staffed, unless you want to work right now. Did okay, you? and then, like, just put me in the back and had me doing dishes. <laughs> yeah. When I, walk- when I was 15 and walked into a place, I was like, hey, uh, can I get, like, a resume? Or a... a resume? Yeah. Or <laughs> can I get a resume? Sure, here's mine. <laughs> I don't remember what the the thing application the, yeah there we go can i get an application and they're like you just do it online and i was like oh and yeah, that's how yeah. every place i went to God. worked so whenever i was in my 20s and like i didn't have a job for a little while there that's exactly what happened to me and i was living with my mom who just didn't believe in the internet around that time so like oh yeah just apply online i don't have internet dude yeah you know, they really ignore that fact for a lot of homeless people who are trying to apply for jobs, too. Hmm. No, no, it's, no. It's uh, they that... don't ignore it. I think uh... I think it's very purposeful. <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't want to hire the homeless, so in order to actually get a job, you have to, A, have internet, and B, no, already no, have a place not, to live. No, no, not the terrible people recruiting. I'm saying the people who say the homeless just need to get a job seem to ignore that fact yeah. a lot. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I think a lot of uh, people who are in there, like, just pull yourself by your bootstraps. Uh, also just don't think about like what it actually means to like pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you had to have boots and have expensive enough boots to have straps on the side of it. So that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> very hard when you're homeless. Yeah, exactly. Very hard whenever the tennis shoes that you got out of the dumpster have holes in them. So anyways, <laughs> you're going to cut this. <laughs> Sorry to get a little bit too, <laughs> a little bit too dark with the jokes that we're making. <laughs> <clears throat> but any, yeah anyways um yeah because it's the 80s you can be like hey like i'll work as a janitor here like okay sure and like they had like that very stereotypical like oh yeah can you throw the trash away in my office after this thanks like walking by him yeah and he's like hey you willie brown and he's like there's a lot of willie browns but are yeah. you willie brown yeah <laughs> <laughs> i really like that scene just because it's just like uh, he's just like, but you're Willie Brown, right? He's like, I have six cousins named Willie Brown. The guy that works down the street, his name's Willie Brown. If I had a nickel for every Willie Brown in the world, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> like, I, it's the perfect introductory to Willie Brown, though. Like, yeah, yes, you immediately know what this guy's about. He's so tired of people like trying to take advantage of him at this point. Yeah, yeah he's just like tired he, of he straight up tells him, like, okay, well, like you're a new janitor. Hi, go away. Yeah, yeah. get out of here. What are you doing? Yeah, that happens. He basically says, like, hey, I'm a blues man. And then, like, oh, okay, cool. And yeah, then Willie Brown's like, you crack ain't no blues man. Where are you from? <laughs> I think that's basically, basically, yeah. That is one of the jokes that I liked about that is, like, whenever he finally comes, like, bring he brings a guitar with him to, like, show him that he's a blues man. <laughs> it's like, oh, are you going to tell us about the plantation you grew up on in <laughs> Long Island? <laughs> well, like, that is, like, a thing, an important thing that a lot of people gloss over, especially when talking about, like, how kind of white people ended up stealing blues from the black people. Like, yeah, absolutely did. Like, uh, just like the ignore ignoring a lot of the hardships, and they're like, well, white people had hardships too. It's like, yeah, but white people's hardships didn't invent the blues genre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 
I, I know, like, a lot of people don't, like, talk about that. But this is just history. Like, that's... Oh, yeah. It's it definitely is history with, like, uh, working on the plantation. Just one of those, like, the only thing they can do to get through their day was to just basically sing together. And that was the... Doing that and... Uh, you say working, working on the plantation. But... <laughs> slaving on the plantation. Slaving on the... Oh, yeah. I was going to say working as slaves on the pan- plantation and, like, building railroads and, like, doing back-breaking work and, like, basically singing their sorrows away is the only thing that they, they could really do that was their own way to get themselves something of somewhat of a voice at the time. Yeah. And then, you know, here comes Elvis talking about how his blue suede shoes and, Oh, that's blues now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Elvis and Johnny Cash are kind of assholes, (laughs) but I mean, I mean, honestly, it was the music they did grow up with. So like they went with their inspiration. Right. But there's no doubt about it that from them taking up that and then it, it made people think like this style of music is Elvis and Johnny yeah. Cash when it's very much not. Yeah, exactly. But this does actually go with like a lot of the pioneers of blues, like you know Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters and mm-hmm. uh, Willie Brown and um, which I guess even like the nickname that they had for him was actually a combination of Willie Brown and uh, a guy that was uh, I think it was William John's or William James Fulton or something like that who was known as Blind Dog Fulton, mm-hmm. basically who wasn't Willie Brown but another person that played slide guitar uh, back in the 1930s. Um, which is where they got his nickname from. So some of it is like because it was the eighties and they didn't have Google, he just kind of guessed it. <laughs> and, and some of it is just like, oh, I I do know this and I know this. So let's like kind of combine it together, make it a fictional character for this movie. Yeah. yeah. But um, is that eventually Eugene kind of convinces Willie that he's worth some shit? <laughs> yeah. And they they're like, all right, Willie's like, all right, just let's bust out of here. Then let's just go to let's go to my hometown. I don't even think he believed him at the beginning. I think it was just like, hey, this is a way for me to get out of here. I'm not I'm saying like he at least knew he knew something. Like he wasn't just some dumb white yeah. kid. Yeah. But like so they Yeah. They devise a plan to bust Willie out. It's not really a plan. They just bust him out. They just plan to meet up at a point and hope it works out. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> then they ride a Greyhound to a place to uh Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, and <laughs> The point was Willie had like this wad of cash <laughs> that he and, showed yeah, off. Yeah, that he showed off. So Eugene was like, "All right, cool." And then Willie was like, "Yeah, when we get to Memphis, I'll just pay for the rest." But <laughs> when they get to Memphis, Willie has forty bucks. Forty bucks in newspaper clippings. Yeah. yeah. All of this, the whole road trip is in service of Eugene saying, "Like you have to teach me this song, this thirtieth lost yeah. song." He's like, all right, I'll teach you this song if you bust me out of here and take me home, basically. Yeah. And so yeah. that's how all of this starts, because he just wants to learn this song. And yeah. so he trusts him. He's like, all right, he has all his money. We'll get yeah. there. They get there. No money. Yeah. No money. He has $40, which isn't going to get them all the way to uh, Fulton, Fulton's Point in Mississippi from It won't Tennessee. get them a third of the way, yeah. is what they put it as. <laughs> um, so they're, they're hoboing it yep. as they play <laughs> Is that just what they called hitchhiking back then? I'd never heard that term before. Yeah, but like, I, don't I know. mean, none of us from the South either, so I, I don't know if they would call it hobo or just hitchhiking or whatever. Perhaps. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they just kind of hitchhike around now. Yeah. And, and Eugene's like getting very annoyed at uh, Willie for mostly just for lying, but <laughs> mostly yeah. the lying part, but then also just being like, you're being a stubborn asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and was like, what are you doing? You <laughs> trying to get over here? Don't have no plan. Like you never <laughs> lived a hard nothing. day in your life. Yeah. And it's like, why don't you just call your mama a boy? And like, he's like, shut up about her. Stop talking about my mom. Yeah, which is like, 
to be fair, that's the only time they actually really get any exposition dump of like what Eugene's life is like. Yeah, like which it's the most that you actually find out about him is that both his parents are divorced and that they're separated. Like his dad lives in Chicago and his mom lives or uh, is in Europe with her new boyfriend, basically. I don't and... really even said that. Well... No, <laughs> maybe that's that... just me not <laughs> knowing anything about romance. I'm like, yeah, she just went to Europe to have a nice fun trip. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's my head, but my head is also the oh yeah, they took a nap together. Head, yeah, that's so... <laughs> they took a nap on the beach. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it is glossed over as much as possible because they yeah. kind of make it seem like it's a sore point for Eugene, so he doesn't want to talk about it, and so he just yeah. gives him the most basic info as humanly possible, which is he basically just tells him. And it's very much like a moot point for the movie. He says, my dad's in Chicago, my mom's in Europe with her boyfriend. Like, I, I don't want to talk to either of them right now. Yeah. So it kind of seems like, you know, he grew up in a household to where, like, neither of his parents really paid attention to him, and they gave him a guitar to shut him up, basically. Yeah, that seems like he was always pushed towards, like, because he was told he was a prodigy all his life as it yeah. at yeah. one point. So he was, like, pushed towards always playing guitar, and that was kind of his thing. Yeah. And so that was his thing. Uh, it even also kind of glosses over the fact that they took him out. Like the reason why he's 17 years old and going to Juilliard is because he's his prodigy. And so they took him out of secondary school so that way he could uh, study music and become this famous classical musician. Yeah. Yeah. And even he though he doesn't want that, he yeah. wants to play some jazz and blues. Which is actually one thing that I thought was kind of funny too is like that part where he's playing a Mozart piece. And then just goes into a blues lick at the end of it. And then the teacher's just like, man, you shouldn't do that to Mozart. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, hearing stories about classical programs, that's kind of true. Like, yeah. classic, a lot of classical programs that are play it by the book. Yeah. Like, if it's one of those things, like, if cooking is an art, baking is a science, similar to, like, if jazz is an art, classical is a science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can see that, actually. But, um, yeah, so they're just kind of roughing around. Hitchhiking, uh, eventually, like uh, he convinces Eugene to get an electric guitar for it, which I guess there's actually a practical purpose for that. Uh, the reason why they actually chose that guitar is it was a apparently from I read a CVS Fender, which um, Fender I guess is a big yeah. Uh, the reason I know Fender, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, well, on top of that, it, it was a big brand, but uh, that was a very easily accessible guitar to have like a lot of people had it it was cheap it was cheap and everywhere basically mm. and also apparently they used like a shit ton of lacquered on it so the one thing i guess that they would say about that guitar in particular is like you could actually uh put a pile of snow on top of it and then pick it up an hour later and it would play fine okay so that's the reason why they chose that guitar is because the d are the martin guitar that he had would you know eventually get warped in the rain and that's like a two thousand dollar guitar they would have ruined compared to like this two hundred dollar guitar that are Probably three hundred dollar guitar that they had, or that they are for electric, anyways. That you could basically just like throw in a mud pile and clean off, and then play and be fine. I like the idea that in universe it's also the same price, you know, that they just like left a two thousand dollar guitar somewhere. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea how much he made for that, but I know like by today's standards, a Martin guitar is like considered to be one of the higher ends. Like they're right up there with Taylor, which is another very high end guitar maker. Yeah, compared to Fender, like Fender is a kind of a weird in between. You could buy a Fender for like. $6,000 $6,000 if it's a, a nice one or a cheap one for 200 bucks. Yeah. I Weird think brand. Yeah. This is also where, like, I think Willie starts calling him Lightning Boy. Yeah. No, he calls him Lightning at the very beginning because he tells him, like, uh, what he, the first thing that he tells him is he says, like, you can play, you got Lightning Kid, but you got no mileage. Is right. What he tells yeah. him. That's why he calls him Lightning Boys because, you know, he's good. He's got the Lightning. He's got the fire to, like, play, but. You know, he doesn't have, he doesn't know any of the culture. He just, you know, knows what he read in books about blues players. He hasn't been through any hardships in his life. He doesn't feel it. Yeah. yeah. So they get the new guitar. 
Uh, they sell his wa- They sell Eugene's watch to get yeah. it, I guess. Which I actually, I really like that too, because I feel like the camera makes a point of like making sure you see his watch. Yeah, a lot. you see it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> coming up to that point. Yeah, I feel like it actually like sh- it, it it does that really well actually, which yeah. is weird. But- yeah. I mean, you see that at the beginning of it, too. is like he's wearing nice clothes. Uh, if you pay attention to his shoes, he's wearing brand new Nikes the entire time. Yeah. Uh, has a super nice watch that he has that he's wearing. So, like, he's well off. Like, you know, he, money was never, like, an issue for this kid. And also just happened to have enough money laying around to go from New York to Tennessee on bus. Yeah. Yes. Or two people. God, what would that? That would be, like, multiple days, right? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be at least two days travel on bus. Bus go slow. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they stop um, a lot. Basically, whenever I was going back home, you know, it's yeah, normally when you went whenever from Salt Lake City to your home address at Seven Nine Four Street. Yeah, from Salt Lake City to where I grew up, which was like a nine-hour drive. Whenever I drove there, but whenever I remember, I took the bus to that. It took two days, basically. Yeah, and that's like an eight-hour drive, right? Yep, it's like an eight or nine-hour drive. But there was also like a seven-hour layover that I had on the way over there too. Wow. At yeah. this grody bus station where I just had to sit there and wait. When I took a Greyhound to visit Sam way back in the day when she lived in Oklahoma, um, I it was a three-day trip, and there was like a 16-hour layover at one of the Jeez. bus stops. Oh, I believe it. It was fucking terrible. You should have just walked at that point, <laughs> just wait until another bus shows up eventually. I think, yeah, for me, the most terrible thing about that, the seven-hour layover that I had at the bus station I had, all the toilets were just clogged. Good. Yeah. The shit in the bush. Basically. I think I walked down to a pizza place and like ate a slice of pizza and used their bathroom. <laughs> you, you're like, can I have one pepperoni? And they're like, I, I, yeah. I guess. Like, it was cool, one of the paying customer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, bus trips is like neither here nor there about that. It's a very yeah. small part of this movie. You're right. They're here, then there. Hey-oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A uh, bunch of hitchhiking, just kind of little backstory on both Willie and. Eugene. Kind of Eugene, not really yeah. Eugene. Mostly, yeah, it's mostly with Willie talking about, because uh, he asks him, like, did you really shoot a man? And he's like, yeah, I really shot a man. Yeah. The guy was stealing money from me uh, while we were out on the road, and I confronted him about it, and he broke a bottle and came after me, so I shot him in the neck. Yeah. And then talks about Robert Johnson saying, like, how, asking how he died, and he basically just tells him, like, doesn't matter, just equals up the same thing, dead. Yeah. I like, he was one of those figures where they kept making up more stories about it. Apparently, like, oh, I heard he was poisoned. I heard he was shot. I heard they poisoned his bullet and then shot him in the leg, and then he died four months later. (laughs) (laughs) Four months later when he got stabbed. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like like all the stories you hear about the assassination of Rasputin. Kind of, yeah. Probably not None of them were true. They were just making up reasons why they didn't manage to do it. Yeah, I've I've honestly heard quite a few different stories. I don't think anyone really knows how Robert Johnson died. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, you know, know it happened. They also know, I guess, like I remember hearing one story that, you know, he had a heart attack, but he kept on like going on about how there's hellhounds on his trail. Like, or he kept on going on about hellhounds while he's having a heart attack. I remember hearing that, you know, another one saying that he got assassinated and also because he's a black man in the South, he might have just got lynched or something else. Like, it's a whole bunch of different things, but no one really knows I'm for gonna sure. I going to say, sadly, I think that last one might be. It might be. Pos- like, possible. I kind of glossed over it, but it, it is a po- very much a possibility with it, too. But but on a less downer note, uh, they're, <laughs> yeah, in, the r- <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. in the rain and they... I was Walk in the kitchen the... during this part. You'll have to inform me yeah, exactly so, what happened. But... So, yeah, what happens with that one is, you know, they're in the rain, and they they find a, an abandoned house. They go to walk into it, and there's another hobo there already, and she's getting changed into 
some clean clothes and it has some like implied nudity, I guess you can say, because it shows her back end while she's putting a shirt on. And so like you don't get you don't actually see anything, but like it just implied she wasn't wearing anything underneath that shirt. Yeah. But that's all. That's yeah. all you missed. Wait, do you normally wear things under your shirt? If you're a woman, you generally have a You know what? I'm stupid, yeah. Yep, that's how that, you're normally. That's the oh, cut, general... cut this out. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, like basically a girl getting dressed uh, turns around and sees two guys that are checking her, are basically looking at her while she's getting dressed, and so she pulls a knife out on them and tells them to go back outside. To and which they're like, oh yeah, whatcha? <laughs> not the karate kid. The karate kid was not the one in whatcha. No, he did not whatcha at all. Nope. They're all grounded, kind though. of like a limbo. Willie, is this the point where Willie pulls a gun? No, 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 that's much. That's yeah, that's a later. later. Is that okay? Yeah, because like at this one, like she pulls a knife out on him, and like he just like puts his hands up. He's like, "Come oh, on, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you got to stab me. a blind old black man. What are you gonna do?" And he like knocks the knife out of her hand. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah. "Fuck, all right." I think what's funny <laughs> is if you turn the subtitles on for that, like whenever he snatches the uh, knife out of her hand, he tells her to jump. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right, feeling froggy? Jump. <laughs> oh. So yeah, and then she's like. Well, I'm outmatched here, clearly, yeah. so I'll go, I guess. Yeah. It yeah. stopped raining it miraculously stop at this point. Yeah, yeah and like she <laughs> does a little bit of exposition dump, like, what are you two doing? It's like, oh, you know, just two blues men hitchhiking, hoboing, yeah. uh, going down to Fulton's Point, and it's like, oh, well, I'm heading down to LA. I guess we're heading towards the same area. Maybe I'll see you guys on the road. And it's like, yeah, may- or, like maybe we'll see you in town or something like that. And then Willie tells him, like, hey, like, that, thing, that thing's got a leg on it. Let's follow, let's, let's follow her outside. We'll get more rides with her around. <laughs> that thing's got a leg. That's exactly what he says. That's literally what he says. It didn't even occur to me. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. yeah. He, or I guess the exact thing he like says is that her leg would get them farther than Eugene's thumb. Yeah, he, he says what he, they said. Yeah, he says that thing's got a leg on it. It's going to get us a lot more rides than your thumb, is what he says. And it does immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, it's the Four, 80s, yeah. so whenever you're starting the hitchhike, that's when a car shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how it always works. <laughs> that's how it Which, works. Which, an- another thing that's, I guess, considered to be, like, very politically incorrect that they end up saying in this movie is because he's, like... A uh, lot of things, but yeah. Well, this one in particular, too, is just, like, and they, it's just a thing that happens in a movie and nobody thinks twice about it. It's just, like, are you at least 16 with that? Or, or he asks the girl, like, are you at least 16? And Eugene goes, like, yeah, she's definitely jailbait. Yeah, yeah. I mean... There's a lot Tell of things the they say in this. That's yeah. Wasn't PC, there a bro? very popular song called Jailbait around this time? There, there's been a Maybe? few songs called Jailbait, actually. Yeah. That's yes. disturbing. But anyways. <laughs> uh, Wait until you hear what happened later. With, yeah. What was revealed later with the singers of those songs. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. What? You're not wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, they go that. to the next town. Yeah, they basically get right into town, and then they're playing in front of a bar, just like, you know, bringing their hat around, playing some music for people, people giving Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention, change. they also got a hat at the pawn shop. Yeah, Eugene It's very important that Eugene got a hat, I guess. I guess. I mean, <laughs> it works for him. It doesn't really work for him. No, I it's think a good it hat, though. silly. Yeah, it's a nice hat. I like the hat. It feels definitely like a, a white boy trying to mimic yeah. other people's style. I mean, it's a white yeah. dude playing guitar wearing a fedora. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, they just gather up some a little bit of cash, and the bar owner comes out and's like, hey, don't be playing in front of my bar. I'll fucking shoot you. And, yeah, they were like, get out of here, you mudblood or whatever. Yep, he straight up calls Willie mudblood. Yeah. I don't think it was blood. It was mud something. I don't, it was racist. It was yeah. racist, yeah. Yeah. I think Yeah. I think it was, we'd have to watch it again, but I think he calls Willie what, or mud blood. No, the, mud blood is what they could say in Harry Potter. 
either way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, like, yeah. he basically yeah. tells him if you don't, yeah, if you don't leave my bar, I'm gonna shoot you too. Yeah, and, and they're like, because apparently you know whoa, people whoa. playing music outside the bar isn't gonna attract people into your bar. It's just gonna there are a lot of people yeah. outside that bar that went in. Yeah. Good point. So if anything, you probably helped them, but you know, yeah. old racist be old racist. So then he also being there, and then like they see uh, what is the Francis? That's her name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see Francis go into like a hotel room with the bar owner later, and Eugene's like, "Hey, what? You don't think she's gonna? You don't, you know you don't think?" And he's like, "Boy, shut your mouth. Go to bed." <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. He because like he's like she's not doing what I think she is, right? And he like lifts up his hat and goes, "Yep," and then puts his hat back down. <laughs> no. And then shit. he's just like, "This isn't right. You can't do that." And he's like, "Seventeen's mm, not a minor around here." It's like if you ask me, it looked like she knew. She thought she knew what she was doing by walking in there. Yeah. And very much like uh, whenever it goes into that scene, you find out that the guy basically has prostitution running inside of his motel rooms and like has girls, you know, turn tricks inside the room and then he gets a cut of the profit. Yeah. They're like doing backflips and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly what that means. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, listen, if you're willing to take a nice shower with me, I'll let you stay here rent free. Yeah. And so she like she goes she's about to start doing the shower, yeah. I guess. Until like Eugene just basically opens up the door while she's taking her shirt off, going, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Uh." She's like, "Okay, well, I guess plan changed." Like, "What yeah. do you mean? Go over there. I'm gonna steal his wallet when he comes out. You just gotta knock him out." We're like, "What? You're trying to rescue me, right?" Like, okay. And uh, just I don't know if anybody has seen Ralph Macchio when he was in the '80s. He's not exactly the most buff person. No, around. no, that's kind of the point of Karate Kid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is actually. <laughs> like, yeah, like he's probably like what five, six, five, seven, a hundred pounds, soaking wet in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And so he's the guy, soaking wet a lot in this yeah, movie. Yeah, good point. Uh, the guy comes out of the shower. And he's like, "What's going on here? You haven't taken a single clothes off. Look at all this clothes you have on." <laughs> and then, and then and then she's like, like, "Grab him, Eugene!" And he's like, "Rawr!" And then like the guy throws him off. Yeah, and- he immediately like gives him a bloody nose somehow yeah. too. Yeah, uh, which leads to Willie coming in and be like, okay, listen, motherfuckers, and he pulls a gun. He's like, I don't want to have to shoot you, but I will. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. He definitely did want to have to shoot Absolutely him. Absolutely want to have to shoot him. <laughs> I would have done it, too. Yeah, and the guy's like, uh, man, I'm just sitting here with my dick out, ain't I? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they steal his stuff, his Corvette, I think they no, said. His Cadillac. 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 He shows how much I know about cars. Um, yeah, Cadillac's just... Especially the 60s, old luxury vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they steal that, and they're like, you're going to find it in Tampa Bay, Florida. <laughs> some close, Jackson. Yeah, some bus uh, Say, uh, give us 24 hours, and you'll find your car safe and sound in Jacksonville, Florida, which, yeah. you know, they're not going to Florida, but they just tell them that to kind of get them off of their trail. And then yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't Fran- tell someone where they're actually yeah, going. Yeah, that's a terrible that's, idea. That's what they basically say. They say that, like the wallet, and that, or that we're going to take your wallet, too. And if you uh, try to call the cops with this, like we're gonna tell you, are uh, we're gonna tell a statutory story? Considering I'm only 15 years old, for yeah. that, and then he kind of has like an oh shit moment, mm-hmm. and then he like, really says like, yeah, we'll blow the uh, blow the lid off on your the whole meat market you have here. Yeah, and so they go on a trip, road trip. Yep, and the only one that's still freaking out about this is Eugene because of course he is. Yeah, well, he's only like kind of like they're just kind of chatting. Apparently, uh, Francis can play guitar a little bit. Unless no, she's she just was just plucking on a string. Yeah, she's maybe. just like plucking on his strings and then said, like, I can't believe you picked this up at the age of six kind of thing. She's like, no one picks up music at six. 
And then Willie's like, oh yeah, I started playing harmonica when I was three. Fucking fucking Eugene starts telling Willie's backstory. Yeah. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Let uh-huh. him talk. But this leads uh, Willie to be like, hey, just pull over here. And it leads them to... A scrapyard? Yeah. Scrapyard, where they're selling the car off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they go and they... T- they go to sleep in a barn, and then Francis basically says to Eugene, like, hey, like, he's a nice old man, but what if he's just feeding you a crock of shit about the, all yeah. this? And I met a con man in my life. He's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess another thing that we actually kind of uh, glossed over, too, is, like, while they're at the junkyard, Francis basically said the reason why she ran away from her home is because her stepdad keeps on trying to rape her, and every single time he tries, she runs away. Yeah. And her mom just isn't believing it, because she's like, oh, she knows that I don't like him, so she thinks I'm making the whole thing up. Yeah. Um... And so she's going to go do a dancing gig in L.A. where it's 100 bucks a night. And Eugene's just like, yep, sounds like some kind of dance place to me. Yeah. That's a strip club. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? A lot of innuendo in this movie. <laughs> no way. Um, Poor innocent Eve. <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't get that nope, one. Whoa. Nope. Um, so, like, Eugene's, like, being cranky all of a sudden. Um, yeah, because he's just like, well, what if he's just feeding you a crock of shit? And he's like, hey, fuck oh, you. Oh, sorry, I meant... Uh, Willie is being cranky all of a sudden. Maybe he is just tired. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, they're on the road. They just stole a Cadillac, and then they had to walk to this barn in the middle of nowhere, and like, hey, I'm tired. I'm going to yeah. go sleep. And like, I don't know. He's old, he's in his 80s now, which I think <laughs> the actual actor in the at the time was in his late 60s. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one of the things where I feel like they forgot a scene to get us to this point, though. Because, like, the tensions are so high, and it's weird when they were just all chatting really friendly. It is weird, but it's okay, though, because Francis and Eugene go upstairs, and he's like, you know what? Don't hate me. I'm sorry. Also, you're pretty cute. And he just kisses her, and she's like, yeah, I like getting kissed. Oh, you do? And then they have sex. Uh, I think this makes it less okay, actually, though. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is very much like the weird kind of forceful vibes of the 80s when it comes to sex scenes there's a man and a woman in the 80s and they're in a movie together they have to fuck those are the rules yeah i mean they're both the same age they're both hobos like yeah it's the rules <laughs> yeah they're both hoboing around yep. uh wake up in the morning to police coming in because they broke into some random dude's barn yeah yep. and the police uh, are like hey get out of here and then well, not even steal so- all of their money yeah that's a, I was going to say the thing. I don't know if you guys caught that or not because it happens really quick. The deputy, like he, when he's going through the bags, he just grabs their money directly and he's yeah. like, well, we're going to have to turn you over to the sheriff now. They ask Willie, like, what's going to happen? He's like, well, like back in my day, whenever hobos get caught and doing something like this, he'd take them out to the outskirts of town and, uh, and like basically saying like they might just take us out here and execute us. Yeah. yeah. And then their uh, sheriff comes along. They're having a conversation. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, I'm in a good mood today. Just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, Once you cross that bridge, your sheriff, whatever's problem, not mine. Like, what about our money? He didn't tell me about any money. So, uh. Didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Willie's like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Uh, things used to be, uh, real different in these parts. But, you know, the more things change, the more they're the same, ain't they? Yeah. All right. right we'll have a good day. Yeah. I do kind of like that. Like, the little. Just a lot of the little stuff with Willie, mm-hmm. like that, because um, there's a lot of talk about that of like, uh, black people being in charge in power in predominantly white places, but they're just doing the same. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting little poke of that. Again, like that's some of the stuff I say when it, when I say like it feels kind of weird. It's in the '80s. Like I feel like that was a more talking point in general populace. Right. right. Much later. Um, I think that this movie actually does a lot of, it says a lot of things without, without going directly out. saying it. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, especially in the scene that we're about to get into with the two bars. Yeah. yeah. Which I was going to say, with uh, even with like the scene of the two bars, like I guess even while re- making this movie, they actually had some trouble because, you know, some of the people, uh, they, you know, had people from Hollywood helping them make this movie, but they actually went to Mississippi to s- film all these scenes. Oh, mm. And so, yeah, like some white crew members and some black crew members all going into a restaurant together to try to eat in a white establishment. And they actually had to deal with a lot of people that were just like, yeah, like you can't eat here. Like, because you have black people with you, like, you're just not allowed here anymore. Go away. And I think so that was something that they very actively had to deal with, with while making this movie, which they did. Like, um, they talked to John Fusco, which is how I know that he helped this movie more or he was like directly part of it is because um, in 2020 for the 34th, yeah, 34th year anniversary of this movie, uh, oh, no, they I mean. asked him about some of the stuff. And he says, like, he very much still remembers, you know, going with the. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Uh, first name, Joe, the guy who plays Willie Brown, like you know, going to restaurants with him and like him being this young 24 year old with long hair going to the restaurant with a black man and being chased out because they had white owners there. Yeah. Um, so like they did very much have to deal with some of that. And then also he dealt with some of the stuff in real life too, being a traveling blues man for years before he be- uh, wrote this movie. So it is kind of a commentary on that too, but it's also part of, I want to say with the journey of this movie, kind of Eugene learning that like, Oh, this isn't just in a book. This is real life. This still happens. And then I can say with Drya, I think it was last year, the year before went mm-hmm. down to North Carolina. Could also say this is still very much a thing. Thirty-four years later, um, people always uh, say in a very positive way, "The South is alive and well." Now we'll say in a very negative way, "The South is alive and well." Yeah, I can yeah. believe that. Yeah. yeah, but didn't you guys hear? After uh, Martin Luther King Jr., everything was solved and no more racism. Oh man, I gotta go back and tell those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. They apparently didn't hear the good news. Yeah, no. yeah, it is crazy. Like. Just seeing that scene, and like that's one thing Eugene says. Like immediately once they get kind of a bit south, like with the bar owner, he's like, "I I thought that stuff was over," and he's like, "You don't know nothing, boy." Yeah, yep. and yeah, even whenever they do get into town, it is very much they get a motel, and then he's like, "You white people, you do your business on that side of the road. Us black people, we do our business on this side of the road. So yeah. go to that bar, play a couple songs, see if you can make us a couple dollars. I'll do my thing over on this side." Yep. Uh, Willie's that- thing was trying to get some more pussy. Yep. Yes. That he does talk about getting more pussy a lot in this movie. I think of this entire podcast, I think our word pussy has been used more only in this episode, actually. <laughs> I was gonna say more in this episode than the rest of our one hundred and one episodes. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I That's mean, what not, you get after episode one hundred. We just start saying pussy more. I it's not a word I use often. Me no. either. Same. Liz really hates it, so I never say it. Um I don't really have a reason to say it. No. Same. It's, it's not very common for it's me. It's aggressive. Yeah. It's a little aggressive. <laughs> uh but yeah, um they they go to the uh Francis and Eugene go to the white bar. Um yeah. also <laughs> Willie gives him stupid. his gun, say like oh, protect yeah. yourself just in case. Yeah. And then like um there is kind of like I guess the uh third act mis not misdirection, third act misunderstanding, but not so much so, just more or less like Eugene is just having this moment of like, you know what? Maybe he has been giving me or feeding me a crock shit this Again, whole time. No reason though. Like, I don't know what really made him change his mind. The script not set yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> and it's like it's one of those things where it's like, it ultimately doesn't matter because they don't even bring it up again. But at the same yeah. time, 
it gets resolved. You can literally just easily. do the same thing without having that argument. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just be like, they're probably just trying to add some tension right there. I guess. Well, like, like it could have been a thing where Lily's like, oh yeah, just go over there. You know, without yeah, Eugene yeah. understanding why Willie told him to go over there in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, yeah, goes over there playing country music at the white side of the road. He definitely did not play anything. No, there. <laughs> which this is also how you can tell this is an '80s ass movie for this scene is because he walks up to the bar and he's like, "Hey, can I get a shot of whiskey?" Like, sure. He's like, "You got any idea on you?" Uh, no, sir. Well, I'm sure one snoot's not gonna hurt you. <laughs> yeah, and then, one sniff of whiskey. Yeah, and then like pours him a shot and says, "That's gonna be a dollar." He's like, "Oh, how about I just play some songs?" How about this? That shot's on me, and then you hightail it out of here. Which, <laughs> Again, I feel... It's, yeah. it's very 80s. Like, oh, no yeah. one would give you a free shot. No. Yeah. Uh, I remember whenever I was 19, I walked into a bar because I wanted to listen to a song on the jukebox and play pool. And they were like, no, you can't be here. And it's like, well, I, I'm not going to drink anything. I just want to play pool and listen to music. Nope, you can't be here. Get out. So you bust back in wearing a fake mustache. You're like, hello, I am Guy Incognito. <laughs> I'm Mr. Definitely 21 here. <laughs> Yeah, like they definitely give up the idea. It just has some whiteout and like you wrote 21. <laughs> you didn't change the date. Though. Didn't change the date. You nope. wrote definitely 21 on there. <laughs> um, but the funny thing about that is because I looked younger than all my friends, even though I was the oldest one walking into the bar, I was the only one ID'd with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right with me, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> it's about um, your luck. Yeah. That, uh... That's definitely my luck. But yeah, like that's definitely not a thing anymore. Like, you have to like it's not even there's been times I walked into a bar with someone who was over the age of 21 like cool he can be here you got to leave he's my ride not my problem get the fuck out and like so thing is though you can be in a bar if you're 18 you just like can't do anything yeah you can exist there they put you in like the oh i've had the th- kitty corner where you get to yeah, like, yeah, play like with the, all the blocks you know when you like go into a hospital and there's like those little <laughs> kid block toys yeah. there's that and there's they like got a belt. The, they got the funny like abacus type toy where you can like oh, switch it the around best. <laughs> <laughs> Probably get away with that in uh, in smaller bars, but like in the city, that didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But yeah, it's one I, of those... I, I remember there's a dumb story where I cost my family, including Dry and Liz, getting super... alcohol at a liquor store. It's very frustrating because I walked in there, and they're yeah. like, uh, "You can't, you can't buy anything if he's not 21." I was like, "Well, I was just looking around." Yeah, like literally, he's just in here, like, and your dad was in there with you. He's like, that's just my son. Like literally, he's going to be in the house where this alcohol is, no matter yeah. what. He's my son. They're like, nope, can't sell it to you. I don't know why they didn't just tell me not to go inside if that was an issue. Nope, it shouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. You're literally his son. Yeah. It shouldn't have, it doesn't yeah. matter anyway. But yeah, it was just up, <laughs> and we had to go to the stupid We had to go to a station. whole different liquor store. Here's the fun thing. We went to a gas station. I also went into that gas station. But the gas station <laughs> had flappy doors that were, yep. one was a liquor store, and one side was a gas station. <laughs> you stayed on the flappy side that was gas yep. station, so no big deal. I grabbed some Coke <laughs> and- uh, Which I'm surprised they sold you cocaine. I know that was weird. You know, just the it's the age is way lower for cocaine than alcohol. That's something they never <laughs> yeah, yeah. tell you. Well, I mean, at gas stations, they only sell you half drink cocaine. So. Yeah, <laughs> mix it in. <laughs> just mix with the frosties in there. I was actually going to say just mix with a little bit of Adderall, and then all of a sudden it makes sense. <laughs> Can you buy Adderall at a gas station? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'm the right I trench think, coat. <laughs> like, to me, that like seems more illegal than buying the coke at the gas station to like procure I mean, some ad- Adderall. You can, actually, you can actually get prescription Adderall. You can't get prescription cocaine. I'll show it's you. Just what you know. <laughs> that I know of. Adderall is prescription cocaine. Man. No, it's prescription meth. That's a good point. Anyways, but anyways dumb stories about how I yeah. basically alcohol, going on about uh, how like. 
this is an 80s ass movie because like, oh, you don't have any ID? Oh, you don't have any money? Well, I'm going to give you a shot of whiskey and you get out of here. Yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Francis is stealing people's wallets. Yeah. She's hitting on more creepy, or no, more creepy old men are hitting on her. Yeah. And um, she is taking advantage of them, as yeah. you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> someone's gonna get mad at me for saying that's that. fine. <laughs> this guy fucking deserved it. I yeah. don't care what they say, because like even like the little backstory they give to like try to give you sympathy of this guy, he's still an asshole. Like he's worse when he gets the backstory. They're like, no, he's got like a wife and kids. And he's like, what is he doing perving on yeah. young yeah. women in the bar? Then what? Yeah, is, go home, be a family man. Because yeah, like <laughs> during that scene, he gets a shot of whiskey. Francis steals the wallet of this guy who just like, hey, get me another beer and a vodka on the rocks for a fine young lady, and then can't find his wallet. He's like, it's like all right, give me back my wallet. And she's like, hey, I didn't take your fucking wallet. Which like, is the second time they say fuck in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, R rating leads to a, a tussle, and yeah. the barman being like, hey, listen. I don't care what's going on. If you stole his wallet, just give it to him. He has a family and kids. He needs the money more than you. <laughs> Gives yeah, the money back to I him. I think the part that I find funny about that scene is he's just like, he might be dumb, and you hear him go, what? Yeah. That's <laughs> he is very dumb. Yeah, and he's like, oh, but he- or He, he doesn't deserve his need- wallet stolen, yeah. which I disagree. Yeah, because he has a family and kids, and they need the money kind mm. of thing. And so it's like, all right, well, there's sympathy, even though he's hitting on young women, even though he has a family, yeah. and he's also, drinking he, at the bar. Uh, at this time- uh, Francis is like, yo, Eugene, show your gun. And he's like, what, what are you fucking... Yeah, like, what like, does no. this do? What does this accomplish for anybody? It shows them that they should not to do anything because they could get shot. But Yeah, I think it's supposed to be an intimidation tactic, but she's the only one who thinks it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah so they get the, the gun taken. Yeah, because the bar owner has a shotgun, which shotguns beat pistols. I don't know if you guys know rock, paper, scissors very well. Shotgun beats pistol. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pistol shotgun SMG. Yeah. That's the rule. There's <laughs> <laughs> probably some... Uh, sure. Yeah, anyways. I mean, I played a lot of Call of Duty. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Uh, basically, takes the gun from Eugene and says, like, you two got a lot of growing up to do. Now, get, skedaddle. <laughs> now, everybody get back to drinking. <laughs> I just Everyone put a- go back dancing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shoots a ho- shoots two holes in his ceiling and tells everyone to go back he to did, drinking he did because he shot shoot, two holes yeah. in his ceiling. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. like, there were two f- f- punches thrown. And immediately this calls for shots in the air. Which, this is actually uh, another goof in the movie, too, because when he pulls out the shotgun, you can hear it go, but he's holding a double-barrel shotgun that you don't cock. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he is. Well, they never said he knew how to use it. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually just his mouth noise he made it. (laughs) His play, I was like, people just pay attention, man. Yo, Hollywood, if you're still listening, that 80s movie I proposed... We need that scene in it. <laughs> Any gun this guy pulls out, he just makes that noise. Like he pulls out like an AK, and they're like, "What are you, what are you doing?" That's actually hilarious. <laughs> he pulls out like a blow dart. <laughs> well, no. Uh, I'm if it's gonna myself be... more on this movie, I'm yeah, never gonna. I'm make... actually liking this more and more. I mean, on top of that, he also has to have a six shooter that never runs out of ammo. That he never has to reload. <laughs> Anytime yeah. he like opens it, it just like blows out a bunch of bullets that like, he shot. Well, no, not what... even that. Like he just does like the thing where like he spins the rounds on the inside, yeah. and while he's spinning the rounds, you cheer. <laughs> god, oh my god, I'm selling myself on this movie, and it's never gonna be made. Columbia, we need this movie made. Columbia, give me, you don't even have to give me $25,000 or whatever. Give me, you could give me like 10, I'll sell you this. This is a very similar to a movie that already exists, uh, and we will be watching on this podcast. Awesome. Good. Is it not another 80s movie? Yeah. Uh, it's close. It's a oh, spoof man. movie from the '80s about '80s action movies. Nice. It's, is it Gotcha Suckers? No, okay. Loaded it's not Weapon. The one you sh- oh, okay. oh, okay. I was gonna say it's not the one you showed me. No, uh, no, no, not Charlie yeah. Sheen. Yeah, no. Um, it's his brother. <laughs> oh. 
But anyways, Barley yeah. Sheen. that happens. And then because they got kicked out of that bar, they're going to go and get Willie at the other bar. But it's uh, basically blacks only. And like blacks, yeah, you know, like, you got a the... lot of nerve coming in here, boy, with the you trying to play a guitar over here. Yo, wearing man. a blues man's hat, hat. I'm surprised you were able to walk in here. He got balls this big. I actually really like that line. Yeah. The funny part to me is this is still like a more positive interaction than they got in the white bar. Yeah. <laughs> but it's basically them saying like, hey, like you shouldn't be in here. Yeah. Kind of thing. I think they recognize that these are just some dumb kids. They're like, come on, this ain't your side of town. Yeah. yeah. The worst that happens is like if you're really paying attention, you hear one guy in the background say, let's take his guitar. Yeah. But that's about the most. And then Willie goes up on stage and starts playing harmonica saying that they came a long way to come here and play. And saying, like, hey, if we don't play for these people, they're going to fucking kill us. So. Yeah, the, this kid's going to blow your goddamn socks off. <laughs> His line is, if we don't make these people think of home, they're going to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> play him a song, and then, like, uh, someone in the audience is like, oh, that's Willie Brown. Like, I used to see him all the time whenever I was a kid, and that's whenever Francis is like, oh, this guy has been telling us the truth the whole time. Yeah, and that resolved all that, yep. all the tension. That, yep, that resolved the third act misdirection. <laughs> misunderstanding. misunderstanding. <laughs> and misdirection. Kind of misdirection. And yeah. Willie pulls a bunny out of his hat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, we're going to get heat from this side if we don't send, peop- or not send these people home. Pulls a bunny out of his hat. Yeah, he, Aha! Pulls, he pulls the bunny out of his hat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really am selling myself on this movie that I'm not going to make. <laughs> that I am an animator now. <laughs> That should just be a Twitch dream of us just, like, writing the script of this movie <laughs> that's never going to get made. <laughs> I Maybe would definitely need ma- you guys' help, because I have seen, like, four 80s movies. Yeah. <laughs> and more, I, I think I might have seen more spoofs of 80s movies than actual 80s I think movies. So, They're more accurate than you would think. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, that happens. Uh, Eugene gets all high, well, I guess not high and mighty about it, but, like, he's basically on cloud nine of, like, playing yeah. this first blues show. And, you know, blowing the roof off the house and getting three $100 bill, bills and, like, the owner saying, yo, boy, can play. Yes. yes. And so, like, he's on cloud nine about all this, and then Willie walks in saying, like, like, hey, there's only one blues man, and he's standing right here tonight. And, like, it's like, come on, man, people are feeling the music. No, they're feeling whiskey, which or which is what I'm feeling right now, and, like, takes a swig of whiskey. And I'm going to be feeling more soon. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be, like, a weird uh, comparison to a thing neither of you guys have seen. Mm-hmm. This is one manga I read about the ghosts of him. Well, I used to read it. It stopped being... Uh, free to read quote unquote mm. uh about like the ghost of Jimi hendrix and there's like a scene of it where like after they finish playing a band that he's like follow follows because he's tied to them through a guitar you know general anime stuff yeah, yeah anime yeah, things yeah. um he's like oh yeah you guys aren't bad so like they're all feeling high and mighty on themselves but when they go to do an actual performance they bomb and the main character's like, what are you, you guys, you said we were good. And he's like, no, I said you weren't bad. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's like, that felt like this scene to me. And I, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Um, it, it basically just plays on the whole, like, Willie's not going to give Eugene an inch still. Like, he's still going to talk shit to him because he's still Willie Brown. It's like a better version of, like, the prof- the professor's reasoning in Whiplash. Yeah. Yeah. Far less uh, actual abuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which leads to Willie going into, into his room angry, Eugene slamming the door angry. Um, While cutting an apple with a knife. Yeah, it's just, you very 80s. It um, you just eat the apple. <laughs> no, you gotta cut into it, man. It makes you look like an asshole. That's how you do it. You should have just stabbed the knife on the table. That's how you know that that character's in the wrong, because they're eating an apple with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> he that pulls ha- out the knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's only gonna be this episode, I swear. <laughs> But um, that happens. Uh, they they leave. Willie has us uh, 
has a nightmare uh Ligba, which is basically the name of the devil for this movie, uh, his yeah. assistant coming in telling him hellhounds on your trails, which he laughed at this scene, even though it wasn't meant to be laughed at. No, I I laughed, but I genuinely love this scene. I think it's shot really well. Yeah, I love really the cool. Willy Wonka ass doors. I think the whole idea of that is like because if you notice, each doorway is actually smaller than the next one, and so yeah. he's, it's not so much that he starts out small as much as he's growing and becoming more intimidating as right. he's coming on telling him hellhounds on your trail, boy. And it, it works, because it's a dream. It's supposed to be very lucid. Yeah. Yes. It's it's actually very cool. Yeah. Like, but, uh, the, I feel like something else might have used this scene, this kind of framing device, too. But, like, it generally is amazing in this movie. It works really yeah. well. Uh, another movie that we actually, well, E wasn't here for this, but they also used a similar scene like that in that movie, The Cell, wherever, like, things start off normal size in the, clo- yeah. or in the more, like, nothing shrinks while she's walking towards the wall, uh, but everything grows around her, and she uh, becomes, like, very small when she gets to the corner of the room. But that was a movie that very much used CGI in the early 2000s. That was a whole other thing. Yeah, um, Less CGI, more building impractical things that you have to tear down later. Yeah. yeah. Spending thousands and thousands of dollars I on mean, a there's 10 a l- second scene. <laughs> there's a lot of directors doing that. Like a lot of people who have like basically an infinite budget to make these movies. Like they're, a lot of those directors are like, no, it has to be all practical. That's I how mean, they used to do it. If you go to a Wes Anderson film, you get the big sets that look silly and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's still out there. I mean, Wes Anderson will actually do real claymation. So yeah. I, yeah. Like, <laughs> if you're doing actual claymation, you have a fucking budget to the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I mean, I think probably one of my favorite stories of like a practical effect was like the Tesseract that they had in uh, Interstellar. Like, they actually built that. That was on a set. It's Nolan. Yeah, it's Nolan. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that and like also, I guess, in... um. Uh, his other movie, Inception. Uh, I guess they actually built a second New York and put it on top of, <laughs> so it would fold on top of itself. Yeah. Uh, no, I was gonna. Say, well, I guess actually that scene where like, or uh, the dream sequence where everything starts folding and like everything starts spraying out everywhere. That was yeah. also a set where they built basically yeah. a small version of the town. Yeah, they then, have like, the part that uh, they copied from High School Musical where the entire <laughs> hallway keeps rotating. <laughs> it's a dumb joke because High School Musical came out first and oh. had a very similar scene. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. But anyways, yeah, that's a whole other movie and whole other discussion. Uh, yeah. yeah, that happens. He wakes up from a nightmare. Francis is leaving, and she basically is like, "Hey, there's no goodbyes on the road. Like, you know, I'm gonna miss you guys, but I got to go on my own way." Yeah, don't uh you can tell uh lightning for me. And yeah. Willie's like, here's a hundred dollars. Yeah. Get yeah. yourself a pizza. And Francis does leave. Eugene runs out after her into the rain, uh, comes back sad and Willie's like, I mean, listen, it's uh it's horrible that you had to go through this, but maybe now you understand the the blues yeah. a little better. I, I actually like, really do like this scene too, because that's what uh what he the exact words were um a man making a lot of sense once told me that blues ain't nothing but a a good man feeling down. Yeah. Basically saying, yeah. like, this isn't, like, you know, I've technically been through a million worse different things, but this is the feeling that I've been trying to tell you that you've been missing this whole time. Like, this is what the blues is. Yeah, And I, I do really like that, like, Willie's reaction, because uh, Eugene's like, I know you've been through much worse, but I feel terrible. Like, Willie isn't saying that, like, that's true. He's saying, like, pain is still pain. Yeah. And I think that's a very important lesson for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I've had to give that lesson, or not get that lesson. I've had to tell that to people before too. The way that I've told them, because like you know, they've always do like the whole "I'm depressed right now," but I have to keep reminding myself that there are people who are dealing with worse things, and I keep on telling them like you can't use that as an excuse. Like just because somebody has gone through something worse than you doesn't subtract from your pain. It just means that you know, someone like someone else can understand your pain. Yeah, like it doesn't degrade it. Yeah, it's one of the. A quote I really like, someone who is drowning in seven feet of water 
is no more dead than someone who's drowning in two feet of water. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. But yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. something that I like that the movie does at this point is that it doesn't bring Frances back. No. Like, she's actually no. gone. Yeah, I again, for an 80s movie, that's actually really insane. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really cool. I'm glad like, they did that. Yeah. Um, she She had her own story. That was a big thing about her leaving is, like, she didn't really fit what uh, Willie and Eugene were doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. She just happened to be there. Yeah. Yeah, because Eugene keeps on trying to include her in everything, and she even just says at one point in time, like, cool, you guys are bluesmen. What am I going to do? Drive the van? And he just kind of, like, he doesn't even, like, think of it whenever she says that. He's like, hey, like, screw a van. We could get a blazer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, like, being, no, you could drive whatever we have. Like, <laughs> we, can get so, yeah. we can get so much better than a van. Like, you're not getting what I'm telling you. You yeah. can be the pilot on her private jet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which then, the movie takes a hard right turn. Well, yeah. I, I do want to do one oh, last sure. scene that they do before it takes a hard right turn. Because <laughs> once you hear the turn, you're not coming back from what yeah, happened. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a very different movie. Yeah, yeah this is um, very much that scene in a game where they're like, hey, like you can't, there's no turning back after yeah. this. You get to this, this point. This is the, the last save point. Do you yeah. wish to save? <laughs> this is right before the last boss of Final Fantasy where you figure out he's a god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so before that, like, there's a Eugene, after hearing what Willie said about the pain, he's like, are you going to teach me the 30th song then? And Willie's like, there isn't a 30th song, not one that he ever told us. Yeah. I, yeah. He gave us 29 songs. That was enough. Yeah. And if there is a 30th song, you have to make it. And it's just kind of a really somber moment of Eugene just actually playing the blues, I guess, is the yeah. best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what he does say is he says, like, um, if you were to ask Robert about it, uh, about the 30th song, he would tell you to make, or, like, make your own kind of thing. Like, this isn't, like, you know, because he won Eugene since the very beginning would keep on saying, like, you know, like, oh, you know, I'll learn it note for note, you know, put a little bit of my own pizzazz on there. This is going to be my introduction to the blues scene. And so he says, if Robert would have told you anything, he would have said, make it your song anyways. Like, you don't need my 30th song. Make it your own. Yeah. Like, yeah. Make, you know, this is your introduction to the blues scene is what you make of it. And again, something kind of surprising for an 80s movies, this wasn't also a third act misunderstanding. Like, Eugene and Storm Off, he like, understood why Willie did all of this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Eugene needed to learn how to play. He needed to know you don't just learn it note from note. Like, the a point Robert basically made is, like, even if there was the 30th song and you learned it note for note, it wouldn't be as impactful because you're not playing it. You're just memorizing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want... Because, like, it's a really nice summer moment. And now... <laughs> Get ready, guys. Hold down your bucklers. <laughs> I guess even just like the last part of that scene, too, what I liked about that, too, is Will even says, like, like you know, all the shows that I played, all the music that I went, or, or all the music I played, all the shows that I went to, all the women I've been with, all I really wanted them to say is he could play. He was good kind of thing. And that's basically what Eugene was after the entire time, too, is just for him to say this. But it was hard for it kind of shows that, like, that's the reason why Willie has a hard time telling him he's good at what he does is because that was never given to him either. Yeah. But yeah, very somber moment. And that's, you know, like what Dry said when the movie takes a very hard right yeah, turn. So they're in the next town. Uh, they find an old place that uh, Willie recognizes because they, they told him like near where they were and mm-hmm. he like realized exactly where they were now. Yeah. When they're at the hotel, she said like the closest thing there is to a crossroad is a, another town that's two miles away, uh, Weevilville or something. Yeah. 
He's like, oh, I know that place. And so, like, that's where they go to. Get right over there, go to this place that was an old cat house, but now it's just kind of like a place where they just rent out rooms to people. Yeah, and uh, Willie's asking about a certain person, and someone who comes up is like, yeah, that was my grandma. And he goes up to there, and he asks that person, he's like, do you know the crossroad? And, and, like, it's it's weird when you watch it the first time, but, like, the person's like, yeah, I I do. And, like, very, like... (laughs) like in a weird concerned. way becomes a very tense moment between yeah. these two um and she asks someone to just drive them to this specific spot and drop them off and they do yeah and they're waiting there and a car comes up very nice car yeah uh this is the trans am radio <laughs> the brand new trans am radio sedan yeah. and you just drives by and you hear like God damn it. <laughs> there uh, we go. For 80s as well, they're driving in a Trans Am radio in the uh, Yeah, uh, basically, uh, like Buzz's assistant comes up again and asks yeah. if they want to ride, and he's like, you know who I'm here to see. Like, stop playing around with me. Yeah, where's Ligma? Yeah. That, I couldn't stop thinking about that. I know, that. I know. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I I like it just sounds so much like Ligma. It, yeah, it does, but that's a joke that happened 35 years after this movie basically. Well, I mean, I guarantee the joke is probably a lot older than it being popular on the internet just cuz it's a yeah, simple, but still. But yeah, like I I couldn't get past it. It just sounds like they're he's going to like, like I'm here for Ligma. Ligma. Yeah. Who's Ligma? Yeah. Ligma balls like, and I then just the movie for ends happen, yeah. everywhere you look. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um and he's like, "Oh man, he you're so old. He hasn't gone by that in a long time. He's scratched now." He's like, "But I can give you guys a ride down the road if you want." He's like, "I wouldn't get in your car if it was the last thing I did." Like, have it your way, and turns up the music, and they fucking speed up. Yeah. <laughs> but then someone walks past, walks by. Yep. Yeah, they like turn around, and there's an old man there in a nice suit. Yep. yep. Very sinister smile on his face. Like I, I really like this scene with Scratch, just because like it's very lawful evil, the way that he does everything with it. Like it's just he'll he'll screw you over in any way that he can, just within the bounds of the rules. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, Willie's like. I want out of my contract. He's like, it's a contract. It's like, well, why would I want to do that? And that's actually one line that I did like from this scene too, is when he says like, I didn't end up uh, being a blues player. I didn't end up with nothing. He's like, you got what you were supposed to get, blues man. Ain't nothing ever as good as we want it to be. But that's no reason to break a deal. Yeah. Um, this is the moment where I realized this movie was about to get fucking insane. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah. I will give this movie so much credit. This is it works. Yeah, it absolutely. Does. Uh, this is actually the scene that, like, if you hear guitar nerds like me talking about this movie, ninety nine percent of the time they're talking about this scene. Yeah, because like, <laughs> which, but I, I, I don't want to pass over this part because I actually love it a lot. Yeah, when they're having the conversation with, let's face it, it's the devil. Yeah, yeah. at the crossroads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're very much having conversation with the devil at the crossroads. Uh, he like he's like talking to Willie and he's like, or he's talking to Eugene as well. And he's like, but I mean. Willie doesn't even play the guitar. And Sane's like, yeah, no, you're right. Wait a second. You play the guitar, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do play the guitar. Willie's like, no, don't you do it. He's like, how about this? I'll, if I play the guitar, uh, then I free Willie. He's like, okay, but what about if you lose? And he's like, don't don't you do it, son. He's like, okay, um... If I lose, then you get my soul. He's like, no. He's like, I don't believe in this shit anyway. It doesn't matter. I know. Like, it's so great. Like, (laughs) yeah, because, like, what would you do if some 
you have just two old people arguing about souls. Yeah, like yeah. I would have been like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Yeah, it's just so it's actually such great delivery. It's fucking hilarious. No, like you have to watch this scene to get it. Yeah. Like it's so insane. And then Devil's like, ooh, I can get us to the next what is it? it's not Devil's uh, Point, it's no, slightly it's, uh, more subtle. Th- yeah, I was gonna say it's Fulton's point. Fulton's point. Because that's yeah. where that's uh what he says in the very very beginning of the movie is get me to Fulton's point. And you don't see it until like this very moment. He's like, "All right." It's like, "Well, how do we get there?" It's like, "Oh, I can get us there real quick." And, Ooh, then, and it's green screen. Time. Yeah, some real bad green screen with. I bet it looked better back then. Yeah, maybe when you weren't having a TV that you could see every follicle on the old man's <laughs> beard. Uh, but yeah, so they fade into being in this bar. Yeah, yeah. Which I think the the main idea is they're supposed to be like in like almost like this underground church in a sense because everybody's dressed up to be in a funeral. I saw it as they were literally in hell. Yeah, and that might have been part of the idea too. I thought they were figuratively in hell. I'm the middle point. <laughs> <laughs> but with like a lot of the red lights and everything, yeah. it is very much like a figurative thing that they did with it. Uh, and it is very musical with this too, which I absolutely love this mm. scene. This, this whole thing, this like, whole there's ending always, is yeah, there's is. always something playing. Yeah. Well, between that, like, whenever they first come in, you know, you see Steve Vai, also known as Jack Butler in this movie, just sitting there shredding on a guitar mm-hmm. up front playing some music. And then this quartet comes up and starts singing this song, um, which is just very, very, like, ignatic of everything that's yeah. happening with that. And um, Willie gives, like, the last bit of magic that he has of, like, saying good luck. Like, I, it's just out of nowhere, too. He's like, I got some last. <laughs> I have a little magic left. Here you go, kid. <laughs> like, it, like, it was basically his way of saying, like, uh, like, I, <sighs> I'm giving you everything. Yeah, I got. I, that's basically what he says, like, this yeah. is all I, this is all I have left. This is, but it's everything that I got and I'm giving it to you. It's it's like what did he even it was he said it was something in particular I don't remember what the heck he gave him the a voodoo uh, mojo time. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like what and then <laughs> gave him some LSD probably <laughs> and then it's just devil went down to Georgia with guitars yeah. yeah and this scene I guess funnest fact for me about this is that like Steve Vibe actually plays most of this this is. Very much because you can tell that Roth Macchio isn't playing at this point, but yeah. he does yeah, know. They don't enough. show his face. Yeah, they they, they don't. <laughs> um, like the thing is, like Roth Mach- like because like with him, it was um, what was being played was Ry Coder doing the slide guitar while Steve Vai did like the shredding on his end of it, and they did it on a studio, and then like you know just added in post production with this. Uh, yeah. but they either um, block uh Eugene's face or his hands. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Ralph Macchio did know enough about guitar that like. Where his hands are supposed to be for the guitar, like where where yeah, where they're supposed to be on the fretboard and strings and everything, or where they're actually supposed to be, but he wasn't quite there yet when it came mm. to playing. Mm. I mean, again, like uh, slide guitar is way harder than a lot of people expect. Yeah, it, it is, is so hard to be in the right spot. Huh. I tried it once, and I don't want to try it again. <laughs> I actually have a jet slide at home that I can't use because I'm left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> Just break a beer bottle like Eugene did. If my fingers weren't these fat sausage fingers, maybe. Or <laughs> just a big do, beer bottle. Just yeah. do the right thing, Robbie, and stop pretending that you're left-handed like everybody else. Left-handed is a fake thing. It's made up. Made up by the government. No, dry it. Robbie made a de- pact with the devil. That's why he's left-handed. Oh, no! Yeah. He's cursed! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is very much Devil Went Down to Georgia. It's also, like, you mm-hmm. know, the final playoff, which I guess, going back to, like, Karate Kid things, like, you know, the final battle, if you yeah. will. Sure. You know, sweep the knee moment. Uh, kick him that. in the dick moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yep. <laughs> um, you know, it it is very much a playoff. I don't want to talk too much about the scene. It is very much like you should see it for yourself. It is very cool. It's 
incredible. And it's cheesy. It's eighties cheese in the best way possible. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like the guitar is actually fun. Like it's just such a fun scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the fun thing about that is like the very last part that Eugene plays, where like you know you think maybe Eugene lost, and then all of a sudden Eugene comes out with this last, uh, like very virtuosus kind of playing that he does at the very end was very much inspired um uh, inspired by uh Pagan oh yeah Paganini's Fifth Caprice. Mm-hmm. which if you hear that which it was meant for violin but it's very much like based off of that and they basically uh steve Vai wanted something that was based off of that because niccolo paganini was actually also uh used like the devil in some of his music because he used tritones and all this other stuff what he's very famously known for is the 24 caprices which at the time that he wrote it was the only violinist in the world that could play it but it <laughs> very much shaped modern violin today so if you hear someone playing something very difficult on violin chances are it came from the 24 caprice and even this scene right here was based off of number five for the Caprice of that. And like Steve, I wrote that for the scene basically. Oh, and wow, for, that's actually really impressive. Yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. And there's actually a lot of professional guitarists that basically consider Eugene's trick bag, which is the name of that song uh, to be like basically their Mount Everest when it comes to playing on guitar. Cause you'll <laughs> see guitarists on YouTubers are guitarist YouTubers, all sorts of stuff like trying to play the same exact thing. That's awesome. And for everyone who just heard a bunch of word salad, Eugene's ends it off by using his classical training to <laughs> make a jazz rendition of a very classical sounding piece. Mm-hmm. It's Which, great. It's very cool. Yeah, and like uh, Steve I, you said? Yeah, Steve I. Uh, he could not replicate it. He hits very clunker notes, and enough clunker notes where even if you're not into guitar, you can tell they're clunker notes yes. towards yeah. the end. Which he's trying to do a bend that is not anywhere he's bending it like two and a half steps which is like way beyond what most people actually bend a guitar yeah there's that he's also doing uh very much the dragon force thing which before dragon force was a thing wherever he's like picking up the guitar by the whammy bar and shaking it yeah that was really funny yeah it was great actually Uh, but yeah Yeah, that happens and then basically you know eugene win or wins the cut in heads uh Mm -hmm. jack butler leaves in shame and then uh scratch takes the contract and rips it in half and then Movie ends with them still standing on the crossroads, and Willie's like, get that stupid look off your face. Come on, let's go. Like, yeah. Well, he's like, like all right, we we're going back? to Chicago, baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then tells him, like, hey, we're going to go to, like, you know, um, I'm, I'm done with the, with the Deep South. Living up north made a city boy out of me. I want to go to Chicago. And like, Eugene's like, yeah, and then we'll travel everywhere. He's like, you will, because I'm old. Yeah. I'm staying in Chicago. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I'm staying in Chicago, but you got to keep the legend moving kind of thing. So he's like, I want you to keep playing guitar, but I want you to keep spreading, like, you know, this is his way of saying, like, you're good, like, this is, like, you're it, basically. Like, yeah. So spread the word, spread the music, do your thing. You just beat the devil at his own game. Go do better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I guess the funny thing about that is the fun fact the original script of this had a darker ending. <laughs> Not so much that he lost, but, like, um, Did it you- was meant to be, like, kind of like an underground facility where they're cutting heads and it's, like, a competition and, like, they were the last two at the competition to, like, go against each other. And then you never really know if Scratch is the devil or not. He just kind of sits there forebodingly in the background for it. And, like, you'd think, like, oh, like, for Eugene, like, oh, this is just another contest. But for Willie Brown, like, this is his soul on the line. But he doesn't know that. And you kind of question whether it actually is or not. And it basically ends with Willie Brown, like, dying on the, on the Greyhound bus and not knowing how much of it actually did happen. I don't know if I so, think that would yeah, work wouldn't very yeah. well. And, well, that's the thing is, I guess they actually tried that ending and the ending that you saw at the, for this movie. They tried both of them with test audiences, and test audiences hated the darker ending, so they came up with it. They just used this ending instead. Test audiences always hit the darker ending, but I, I'm going to say- Not always. In, no? No? 
I don't know. I haven't heard a story of them liking the darker ending, but I'm going to say in this case, I think that's a better choice. Yeah. Because I think that doesn't, like, that kind of is one of those things where it kind of argues, does anything that happened in the movie actually matter? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this is the right way. They they did the right thing on this one. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like I said, a lot of weird choices for this, and most of them, if you ask me, worked out for the better of this movie. Uh, That one, another one, there were other guitarists that actually wanted to play Jack Butler for this uh, scene, including Keith Richard from the Rolling Stones, and um, I gotta look up his name. Uh, the guy who played guitar for Led Zeppelin. I can't think of his name right now. Both of them wanted to play um, Ron Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Damn it! <laughs> we made the same joke. <laughs> bravo! Bravo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta look up that one really quick. It's actually kind of amazing. Yeah, I can't was... believe we made the same. <laughs> I, we did different metals, but yeah. I can't believe we made the same joke. <laughs> I'm happy uh, with that. I can live with that. Man, but the devil went down to Georgia, got his ass whooped, and it not not really quite a golden fiddle, but you know, Eugene yeah. got But Willie got his soul back and then yeah. Eugene gotta basically get a fuck you to the devil mm-hmm. at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> I know he didn't know it. No, I, I I'm gonna say like I know it's like pretty ham fisted. I feel like there's still like a kind of more metaphorical sense of the devil left yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm of the thing of maybe you, maybe Eugene did just get some LSD from Willie. <laughs> that's, that's what that mojo package was. <laughs> it felt like drugs. Just put your nose in here and smell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, the guitarist, though, since I just pulled it up, uh, I guess Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin wanted to play uh, it. Yep. Johnny Winter and Keith Richard, they all wanted to play the role. And then Ry Coder, the guy who was did like all the slide guitar for this movie, said, trust me. You want Steve Vai for this role, and he's like, "Well, like these guys are really big names. I could help the movie, but you know your musicians, so I'm just gonna go with what you said." And <laughs> Steve nice. Vai is he... arguably one of the best guitarists in the entire world. He nailed it. Oh yeah, like... definitely. That's great. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, other than that, I guess the only other fun facts I could think of is uh, there actually were two scenes that were deleted from this movie, including a scene where they go to a, a gospel church, <laughs> and then another scene where they go to a, um, or where they go to a cemetery. I guess he says out of anything for this movie, because like the sad thing about this movie is it bombed in theaters. I um, could imagine it, yeah. Yeah, because and part of it is because, you know, Ralph Macchio, this is kind of like, you know, Karate Kid with the blues playing, and like also Karate Kid 2 came out in theaters the same time that this movie came out. Um, it, it didn't do well. Uh, I think the numbers that I got were between $5.2 million to $6 million in the box office, which I'm guessing they spent way more money on that. Considering they had Ralph Macchio in the movie, yeah. Um, but also, he says if anything good came out of this movie was uh, the church that they had, the deleted scene with the church, which I can't actually find any footage of this church scene. I just found a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess a tree actually fell down on top of that church, and they rebuilt it for that scene. And I guess that church is actually still active and still up and running because this movie rebuilt it for that scene that wow, wasn't that's used. Neat. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I think a church in a sanitary might be a little much for yeah. this movie. Like, I'm not sure exactly really going they... into the religious territory. Yeah. yeah, and I think it might have been like kind of getting more into like the religious territory and like the devil at the crossroads and all that other yeah. stuff. But it does play a lot into like American folklore when mm-hmm. it comes to like you know the crossroads and yeah. blues folklore. Well, and, and all like that. a lot of black culture is very deeply rooted in religious experiences as well. Yeah. So it does make a lot of sense the impact of the devil in this movie and like. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was 1986's Crossroads. Starring Britney Spears. Sorry. God damn it. (laughs) That's 2000's Crossroads starring Britney Spears. Yeah. 
You want to watch the you want to watch the remake made in 2004 and see Britney Spears shred on a guitar? God, that would be I would so watch great that. if it was a remake. That would be so amazing. Uh, it doesn't sound like it is a remake. No, 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 no not yeah. at all. <laughs> but that would have been amazing if they just remade it with Britney Spears for some reason. Be the yeah, dumbest shit. It would be very dumb, but I would this love was... her just actually doing like a rap battle, basically, with oh, someone. Oh, that would be Not terrible. a rap battle, but like a sing-off, I guess, is more of the That'd story. still be terrible. Probably. <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be happy about it, but I'd watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it just shows up, and then Eminem shows up. <laughs> yo, yo. It's me. I'm... M&M. Or no, but, um, Skittles. Spaghetti. <laughs> Spaghetti. Um, yeah, this movie didn't do very well at the box office at first. Uh, the guy went on to write a bunch of different movies, though. Uh, some of them he's more famous for than others. Like, after this, he wrote The Young Gun movies. Yeah. Uh, wrote those. Uh, weirdly enough, wrote the sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, The Forbidden Kingdom. Uh, also wrote um, the Marco Polo series for Netflix. He was a writer for that, too. Oh, weird. And then also in a weird turn of events, which I didn't know until last night, he also wrote Spirit Stone. Is no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so he definitely has some stinkers. In there. Yeah. He, he's definitely wrote some good movies and some weird movies. <laughs> it's good to hear that he's still doing stuff, yeah. though. Like, he's yeah. definitely still, like, this is one of those weird things. Like, he started out as a blues musician and then wrote this as kind of his l- way of, like, showing love to, for blues music. Yeah. And then became just a Hollywood writer after this. God. Ravi, I can't believe you managed to bring us back full circle with one of the <laughs> earlier movies you showed yeah, us. Yeah, I didn't know <laughs> that was a thing until last night. No, we just kind of went, oh, no. That's hilarious. Oh, that is so hilarious. You managed to somehow relate it back to Spirit. <laughs> to one of the worst movies we watched on this. Yeah. No. <laughs> Good job. It easily is not. It's just uh, no. It was just Weird. the one that we probably shit on that more than any other movie. but Because it was it's bad. fun to shit on it. was a bad it, movie. Yeah. It was very easy to shit on. Listen, it's fun to shit on. We have watched some movies that aren't even fun to shit on that's yeah true. that's fair <laughs> but yeah uh all around like i said it didn't do well as first but it has that cult following with a bunch of musicians yeah. that like you know love the music of it love steve i and like all this yeah. other stuff and so that's weirdly enough how i found out about this movie is because like people put clips of it on youtube and i was like oh this seems interesting and then Robert's like that guy has a guitar what is this <laughs> but yeah all in all i really like this movie movie um but before i give my two cents on it i guess i'll just ask like final thoughts e i only got a penny to give unfortunately but oh, no. um <laughs> uh th- i i genuinely think this is actually really amazing of a movie despite everything that surrounds it um i, I it has a little too much fluff for my liking and <laughs> Me and Dry have different opinions on what you should do with fluff <laughs> i think you should just remove it but like it's hard to say what exactly to remove because, like, even in the fluff, you do get a lot of really fun character building between Eugene and Willie. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I would not expect from an 80s movie. Like, I didn't expect them to just have the female love interest leave like, yeah. and just not show up because she had her own that. life. Um, It is a lot more about racism as well. Um, Very surprising for the 80s, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of stuff like that. Uh, Willie is an amazing character. Easily could just watch this to watch Willie shit on people for a while. Absolutely. <laughs> He's such an amazing character. I love him. He's great. Uh, easily steals the show. Like, this is easily more a movie about Willie than Mr. Karate Kid himself. Which oh, 100%. is not what the movie would lead you to believe. <laughs> um, I think it just, like, feels very much like it's poking a lot of 
holes in the traditional tropes of the 80s. And it's a shame that people seem to have thought it was still tropey when looking at like trailers and stuff. It yeah. Seems like and like more. I said, a lot of people looked at this as like, oh, it's Karate Kid, but with music. Yeah. And, you know, when I eventually watch Karate Kid, I'll be like, you know, this this really is Crossroads, but with karate instead. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, but like, it, it just full of great characters. Full of, uh, the story is actually fun to watch the whole way through. Like, I didn't. I think there's fluff, but I don't think there's like actual downtime. Yeah. Like, there's still stuff constantly happening, and most of my gripes with it are just from the fact that it's kind of from the '80s, and we weren't quite out of the storytelling I like in the '80s. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want this remastered or remade or anything. Don't. No, I don't. Hollywood, if you're still listening, don't, don't. I mean, it bombed, so I don't think we're gonna get <laughs> no, that. So I don't yeah. think we have to worry about that. Problem. I feel like, like that. I said, it has the cult following with musicians, yeah. but it mostly has to do with the music. I would say I feel like Hollywood would be better looking at what bombed, but has a cult following for remakes. But again, I don't want remakes. Stop that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that just makes more sense to me. Not financially, obviously, but mm-hmm. like. For, like, stuff that needs to be remade. Um, Yeah, this is just a fun ride. The fucking final act is Mwah. so insane, but at the same time, it gets there. Like, I, I have brought it many times. It, it It's like how Future Diary pulled off its final, like, insane shift in tone. Yeah. And, like, this movie pulls it off phenomenally. Like, if you told me at the end of this movie, after watching 10 minutes... That Eugene and Willie are fucking playing a guitar off to f- get Willie's soul freed from the devil. I would have told you, let's just stop watching the movie. Yep. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it fucking oh, nails it. I'm like, kind of glad I didn't tell you guys anything about this yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I assume, like, did the back of the box talk about the devil yes. stuff? Is that why you didn't? Good, good yeah, choice. Good call. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, oh, uh, man phenomenal movie i i think everyone should watch this movie like it's it's like insane that it didn't do well other than being scrunched between karate kid and karate kid 2 like it deserved to do well like this is an amazing 80s movie um just so much fun genuinely go watch it i'm gonna give this like i'm gonna give this an eight for the 80s (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, it ain't because the 80s writing prevents me from rating a lot higher but, uh, beautiful movie alright Drya what are your final thoughts of this movie sucks Aww. <laughs> damn <No>. it <laughs> <laughs> that's it I revoke my 8 it doesn't get a score anymore oh no uh, it gets yeah. a 12 for <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no this movie is actually really fun I think that E was right when saying that it doesn't really have any downtime. Like, it does have a lot of fluff, honestly. There's yeah. 30 minutes in the middle there that's just talking and having fun and doing random 80s things, basically. Um, but it works. Like, it pulls it off. It's one of those things to where, like, if I walked away in the middle of this movie, I would come back and be like, what did I miss? What did I miss? Because, like, I just want to see these characters do Yeah, Dry paused it. <laughs> well, I did. Got, yeah. got his wife a soda. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's honestly just, like, a super fun movie, and the characters are really fun to hang out with for a little while. I think uh, as much as I keep saying Mr. Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio fucking, he pulls his character off, yeah. honestly. Yeah, like, I I don't know I, who else you would cast for a yeah, role like, like this. Yeah. Whenever I found out that, to- like, there's a, a parallel universe wherever there's a different director and Sean Penn was the guy who played Eugene, like, 
that just kind of made me go, ugh. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I Especially don't like if it was Tom Cruise, then then you would have to think about Scientology anytime you watch this movie. Then that would just be awful. Yeah, yeah. You have to pay money every time. <laughs> time you think about Scientology. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I honestly really love this movie. It's it's super fun. It's just a super super fun movie. I think that. If it didn't have the ending it did, like, if it was just, okay, they go and, like, oh, no song, let's go to Chicago, uh, and, like, and make they, a deal or whatever, like, that would have been, like, okay, fine, like, I guess yeah. this is a fun enough ride, but, like, it's so much fun because of the ending as well. Yeah. yeah. If it ended before the ending, it'd probably be, like, on par with Goonies in my head, like, it'd be, <laughs> like, a, it's, like, oh, yeah, that like, was, like, a fun 80s movie. Yeah. But, like, the ending genuinely does really elevate it. A lot to me. It's it honestly because it, it does it so. I don't want to say brave because that's like a weird way to describe a movie. But like the balls it has on this to be like, by the way, Devil's Real. Uh, have to have a battle for your soul. Yeah, like it's just it <laughs> drops that on you out of nowhere yeah. after like you think that even throughout this whole movie of like being on Eugene's side about like yeah no he's like this great blues player but like you think it's gonna be something like he goes to crossroads and he like gives him a speech of like there's no devil like it's just all about you making a deal with yourself or something like. Yeah. But no, literally, it's a deal with the devil. The yeah. deal with the devil is inside you all along. <laughs> goddamn one of the, and the goddamn four horsemen are the four wheels on the goddamn Trans Am. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's super great. I honestly really enjoyed it. I'm again going to agree with E for nice. the second time this year. This is an eight. Okay. Yeah, this I, is, I'm I'm pretty happy about this. I didn't know for the '80s. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know if you guys were going to like this movie, but yeah, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it as much as I do. It's a good time. Um, yeah, for me, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I originally found out about it from basically just like a YouTube clip of the ending of this movie, <laughs> and then I like sought it out, and I think I originally saw it like back in the days whenever you can get away with putting movies on YouTube by just cutting it into pieces, Yeah, is how I originally watched it, and then whenever I found a physical copy of it, I jumped on it right away, because it's hard to find a physical copy of this movie, yeah. too. And he had to find a second one, because he broke the disc on the first one from jumping on it. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> um, which, even that, like, you can't tell a whole lot about this movie just by looking at it, or mm. the case of it, either. It the looks case like is a, awful. It looks like a corny-ass 80s movie. Yeah. Like, case. I don't know. I feel like it would be hard to make a case for this movie without actually just I, foiling yeah. the ending I mean, to make it look interesting. I should show you guys a trailer after we're done with this because the trailer for this movie is like super 80s jank. But oh, man. Is, it, is it as bad as Kangaroo Jack's trailer to Kangaroo Jack? Maybe. Oh, But anyways. Eugene uh, like, was a kid down on his luck. Oh no! <laughs> Almost. Daddy Ben <laughs> Willis. Fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I absolutely love this movie from the characters because like Every single character in this movie has, you know, a certain amount of charisma and class to them with it. And, like, you, you you know, it is very much a journey, and you learn to, like, love these characters. I think both of you loved Willie right away, though. Absolutely. He is amazing. Yeah. Like, your first introduction. the crotchety old man that he is. He's, like, because, again, like, the way it's framed, you would think he'd be, like, the the wise old black man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, like, no, Willie's just fun. Yeah, he's very much an old shit-talking old man. Yeah. Great. And like, yeah, there's that um, chicken ass, <laughs> chicken, chicken ass, ass, chicken, chicken shit. shit. <laughs> um, that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> um, there's that. Like, I love the characters. I love the music in this. Like, I saw. Remember seeing the ending of this movie, going like, "Holy shit!" With like the way that they, because like I hadn't seen anything like it with this movie, and 
I originally saw that clip on YouTube whenever I was like first learning how to play guitar, and I think it kind of like kicked me in the ass, like learn how to play harder things too. Mm-hmm. And like it, all in all, like I can't talk enough praise about this movie, and it, I still kind of deal with like I've shown it to a couple other people, and like I've gotten mixed reactions, and usually just like along the lines of like, oh yeah, it's an okay movie. <laughs> so like. Like that's why I kind of label it under like movies that I love, but I would understand if other people didn't, because like not everybody's gonna be super into movies about music like this either. But all in all, a fun ride. I feel like it has a kick-ass ending too. Like for me, uh, I will say this movie does have like '80s jank in it though too. Like mm-hmm. a couple things it could have got cut out. The romance in the movie feels forced. At Absolutely best. feels forced. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> There's that like a couple just dumb kind of like '80s jank kind of scenes, but other than that, like this movie is just absolutely wonderful in my mind this is probably like the fifth or sixth time i've watched this movie Today. Um, <laughs> i mean i watched it last night because like i was gonna like watch the commentaries like oh there's no commentary i'm gonna watch it anyways <laughs> uh i i give this movie a nine like there is some problems with it but all in all i absolutely love this movie nice nice all right 1986 is crossroads yeah yep all right seem to come and go yeah <laughs> that's, that's just melissa again yeah, yeah i figured <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that was fun. That was a good time. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, e. Hi. If people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We have a link tree that gives you links to all our trees that we have planted over the course of our lives. Uh, that is L-I-N-K. <laughs> I was right. going to let you just have the tree thing, man. I was just going <laughs> to let yeah. you go for it. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, it gives you links to all our social medias, listen medias, ear medias, whatever medias you need to <laughs> that is link tree l i n k t r dot e e slash l o i p. That that's all the stuff: our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Pop Bean, Spot of Bean, Spot Dodge, all the all of them. If we were to put all of our things on there, it would take a very long time for that page to load. <laughs> we're on, like I've said, like a million times, we're on things that I've never even put it on. You just you put your RSS feed on iTunes. And everyone's just like, all right, I guess it's real then. And they just take it. So we're on a million things. Yeah. If wherever podcasts are, we're probably there. We're there. Absolutely. Can't wait for YouTube. to. Do, we just find our stuff on YouTube and someone else is making money off of we're us. We're on Google Play. That's not YouTube. It's all Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robbie. Yeah. You uh, thought about that new outro? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. much. I don't know. I kind of like the short and sweet version of it. All right. Yeah. Well, Robbie, uh, wash your hands, you dirty boys. (laughs) You smelly bitch. Uh, (laughs) Robbie, take us out of here. All right. So if you're out and about, make sure to be kind to one another. Make sure to be safe. Thank you for listening. And whether this is the very first time you've listened to us or you've been with us since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robbie. Mm -hmm. Thank you, E. Yeah. Uh, Again, thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Hope you enjoyed us talking about Crossroads from 1986. Um. Yeah, we'll be back next week with um E, how you feeling about uh figuring out if something's a movie? I'll try. <laughs> I'll let you know for sure. Alright. Put me on the spot here. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. <laughs> Hopefully next week we get to decide if something's a movie. Uh we'll talk to you guys then. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. No one went down Georgia to meet some friends.